Yes, everyone, gather round, because tonight you will hear the show that Rolling Stone called, well, what did they call it, the 50th funniest people going, whatever, we're, we're, me and John are two of them. What show is it? It's the best show. I almost said best show, stupid. You're not stupid if you're listening. I'm sorry. My friends, it's the best show. And tonight we have an exciting installment planned for you. We are going to talk about unfinished business. What are the things that hang over your head? Unfinished, undone. What are the books you started to read and then stopped? What are the things you started to write? What are the things that are, that you started and didn't finish? That and so much more tonight on The Best Show. And my name is Tom and we will do this now and let's have some fun. Come on, y'all. It's time to have fun on The Best Show. It's alright 
Here on a Tuesday night, the beginning slash middle of March of 2017. Why am I time stamping these shows? I'm helping out some archivist 4,000 years from now. In the year 6,000, when they're trying to figure out, tracing back the giant statue of AP Mike. And then they realize, one archivist realizes, he was an associate producer. AP did not stand for all-knowing power. It stood for associate producer. 
and then they take the info and they delete it. What do you think about that, Mike? Be a great uh, sci-fi movie. AI2, AP. Right? Wrong. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. The phone number 201-332-3484. What did we just hear? Well, my friends. Is that a world premiere? Right? Kind of. Sure, let's just say yes. Justin and Ashley were nice enough to stop by to give us their new album, which... They're just not two uh, two uh, yahoos. Sunshine and the Rain, the band. They got the record out now. So great. The album is called "In the Darkness of My Night," and it's on Ernest Jenning Records. And it just came out, and we heard some hot exclusive. World premiere style vinyl. The song So Far So Close. And they signed the record for me. And here's the best part. This is the absolute best part. This is like a dream come true. They came by with three copies of the album. And they said, here, here's three copies. You can distribute them accordingly. Now, the best part is that there's, there's four of us. Me, Dudio, AP Mike, and Pat. So this is like the old-fashioned, this is how the NFL used to do its TV contracts. There was always one network that didn't get football, so they could always negotiate. That's how you do it. So now one of these carbuncles out there doesn't get doesn't get a copy of this album consider this some performance review style action see what you guys bring to the table first test mamacita mamacita can you bring me a cold beverage please mamacita bring me a a, a, a sparkling water please mamacita mamacita please bring me sparkling water Mamacita knows what flavor. Thank you, Mamacita. And can you shut that door behind you, Mamacita? Very good. One point for Mike. Right now, it's one point for Mike, one point for for Dudio. And Pat's sitting with a goose egg. Sorry, bro. I want to see what you guys are made of. I'm going to say this. The, the 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 one out of the three of you who doesn't get the uh, album, the thing you're going to get is probably more valuable than the album. You'll get a, a learning lesson on performance and delivering on the job. Who's good here, Mamacita? One. Best show. Hi, Tom. Hi. To whom am I speaking? Hi, this is Rodrigo from Mexico City. 
Who now? The what what? <laughs> Rodrigo. Rodrigo. How are you, Rodrigo? I'm fine, thank you. What's going um, on tonight in Mexico so, uh, City? I've been uh, listening for a long time, but I've never been able to call because it's long distance, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, but I got a, uh, I got a hold of a long distance line, a free long distance line. I wanted to talk to you about uh, Under the Dome. Hold on a second. You. This is you're not calling. This is not some frequency type scenario where you're calling from the past. Oh no, I I, I meant a free long distance. I didn't have free long distance. Ah, okay. So you got, I got a, free, hold of, a hold of a free long distance. You got phone. some That's free long distance, and now you want to talk about over the uh, under the dome, which is the show well, that was on four years ago. Well, it's kind of the topic, isn't it? I thought it was when I saw the topic. I was like, this is good luck because it's the topic, and I've been wanting to talk to you oh. about. This. So you mean a you didn't now. finish watching Under the Dome? Well, you were, you talked a lot about it, and you had yeah. the trading cards, right? I do. I still have a box of trading cards here. Pat? Yeah, so I was intrigued by it, and I went and bought the book. Pat? Yeah. Why don't you come uh, in, it Pat? It came in two, in two little paperback volumes. And it, let... it was so boring, I couldn't get past the, yeah. uh, the first one. You'll let Pat open a couple Under the Dome cards tonight since he's... Oh, uh, yeah. Go ahead. He needs something to make him feel good. Sure. Because uh, someone gave us... Who gave us this box? Does anybody remember? Who? Dudio did. Oh, boy. So Dudio gave me a box of Under the Dome cards. Mm-hmm. Did you get these? Were these laying around an office somewhere? CVS was having a moving sale. You paid a dollar for this box of Under the Dome cards. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The Under the Dome cards. The hit show starring the dude from Breaking Bad. Yeah. This is a card. Uh, what was with, his name? Uh, Hank? Boring, boring, stupid. Hank. There he is with a gun. This is a good one. This is a good card. There's only like a. There's only like. We got a. We got a. Put this one. This one you can. This one is a fun one of Hank with a gun. Here's an explosion. Got a duplicate here. Oh, here's a rare one. What is it? Is it a shirt? No, it's not a. It's not a shirt. It's just a sparkly under the dome card with some quotes on it. Dudio, this is for you. You can you. you can take that home. Yeah. These cards. All right. Both of you get out. Um, so what did you want to talk about Under the Dome? You started to read it and didn't finish it? Yeah, I, started, I, thought, that, I thought it was the most boring thing I'd ever read. Yeah, then don't so read I it. So I didn't finish it. Throw it out. But then one day I was bored and I thought it was on, I saw the show was on Netflix. Yeah, so you started watching so I, it. So I started watching the show. I was like, well, it's boring to read it, but it's maybe not boring to just watch an hour of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it maybe wasn't. every couple of days. But then that was also, I don't know if boring is the right word, but it just, it's so... Bland, I guess. Yeah, this is uh, my this is my thing with Under the Dome. It was this thing that CBS said, "Hey, we're doing a summer uh, a summer miniseries called Under the Dome," and I was like, "Well, this sounds exciting. A dome yeah. gets dropped over a city, and it's a miniseries, and then 
But when you say it's a mini-series, type, uh, like a TV event kind of thing, you're implying it's going to wrap up. And when that thing didn't wrap up, I was like, oh, no. Wrap yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, and I don't want to start any feud between our two countries, but American shows go on forever. For whatever reason. As opposed to what? Like House of, like House of Cards. Wait, that's a show from Mexico City? House of Cards? Oh, no, we don't have any shows here. Uh, I'm just saying. So you don't want to start a war between what country? What? You don't want to start a war between which countries? Well, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want, I know you guys don't like outsiders talking smack. Where'd you get that from? I don't know. Talk smack uh, all you want. Okay, so American shows go on for too long. Like House of Cards is an example of that. Mm-hmm. And Under the Dome is an example. Um, but yeah. what, I, what I was trying to, uh, what I was going to ask you about was the Mini Dome. Because the Mini Dome, I was obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. But then I couldn't finish the series because it was so bland. The and Mini Dome. I don't know dome. what happened to the Mini Dome. What's the Mini Dome? Is that like Mini Me? <laughs> Remember they find the Mini Dome? Not with a really. black egg inside of it? Uh, oh, yeah, that that rings a bell. So, like, I'm guessing it, it it wasn't a big deal after that? Look, I zoned out on this thing. Once I realized they weren't wrapping it up, uh, Under the Dome could could go uh, jump in a lake for all I cared. They could turn the dome upside down and turn it into a lake. <laughs> okay, fair enough. You ever think what yeah, would happen so if was... someone left a hose on in the dome and it would just fill up? Right? <laughs> Turn into a giant fish tank. Okay, well, I guess I I won't know. What's going on? Give me, talk some more smack, Rodrigo. I want to hear this. You want me to talk more smack about America? Yeah. Let us Um, have it. I don't know. You guys elected a fascist for president? Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, look, what, what else is new? Go ahead. Keep um, going. Basketball goes on too long. In the oh, fourth quarter now of get off my phone! How dare you? Basketball goes on too long. Check out a baseball game sometime, bro. Talk about going on too long. Best thing that ever happened. Yeah, some Yankee game. I think it's still going on. Best thing that happened in baseball in the last ten years is uh, the best things that happened were uh, the Bartman. When Bartman caught the ball and the, all the Cubs fans were mad at him when he was like, the ball came flying at him and he was like doing the Bartman. Remember that, Mike? That guy was like on the top of the dugout doing the Bartman. And then, uh, maybe I should, maybe I'll figure out who gets one of these Sunshine in the Rain albums. Maybe I'll have a Bartman dance contest. What do you guys think about that? A do the Bartman dance. A winner of the do the Bartman dance contest automatically gets a copy of the album. And I'll make you do it in the street. What if I, what about this? You guys all go to Burger King, do the Bartman and you film it. Right? In the parking lot. But so the best things that happened in baseball was this one guy's doing the Bartman and then the ball flies and hits him on the head or whatever. 
where he tries to catch it, and then the guy, then the the player was like screaming at him. Then, uh, then the other good thing that happened in baseball in the last decade happened a few days ago, where the Mets have this tradition now of taking a picture of someone wearing like a crown on their head when they do something good, which I think that crown has a little dust on it. Uh, cause the Mets are uh, not very good. So they take a picture of this one guy, this one player, and then some, uh, some, some mischief maker on the Mets put a, uh, an adult, uh, novelty, to put it politely, in one of the dugouts behind him. So you see that in, uh, in the dugout. You, you, you saw that, Mike? Yeah, I, sorry, sorry, I snaked your half hour power routine. Yeah, I stole your thunder. So those are the two best things that baseball has provided. Doing the Bartman and a ha- and a novelty, uh, an adult novelty, uh, discreetly placed within the, the, the framing of a photo. The games? Yeah, no thanks. Oh, you know, the other good thing is that, uh, J- Josh Cantor plays the organ. That's it. Those are the three best things. I might start playing the organ at games though. I got this Minions keyboard here. Yeah. Watch 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 out Josh. Here I come. Right? Now batting number 44 Derek Coleman. Right? And I'll play Inagata Devita. Right. And I think I. Alright, Josh, you can play keyboard for baseball games more than I can. Number batting number eight. Batting number ninety one. Dennis Rodman. Best show. Hey, Tom, it's Stephen in Halifax calling. Stephen in Halifax. Well, how about that? How are you? I'm okay, but I have some unfinished business. I want to hear about your unfinished business. What's the greatest song written about Halifax? You can say it. Say it. Hampton Grease Band, Halifax. (laughs) You can say it. I I was going to say Sloan's uh, The Marquee in the Moon. I would say Halifax by, uh, by, uh, by Hampton Grease Band, but, uh, <laughs> different strokes, huh? Uh, is it about the Nova Scotia one or the, the Yorkshire one? I don't know. <laughs> Go ask Colonel Bruce Hampton. So, uh, what do you, what's the unfinished business you've got, bro? Well, here's an interesting coincidence. Last week on the show, you, uh, you went into a little bit about the damned. You were singing a bit of neat, neat, neat. And uh, at the exact same time, I was trying to get to Montreal to see the damned last mm-hmm. Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've been on strike for over a year, so I've got no money. But I managed to get some money together to get to Montreal. Now, why are you uh, on strike, uh, Stephen? So, um, I work in a newspaper in Halifax, and uh, we've been out on the sidewalk uh, for like 16 months. And what, what are you striking over? Uh, a, a bunch of things. I mean, we, you know, we've offered all these concessions and, 
and uh, less pay, less vacation, crappy pension. Ugh. But uh, basically, they they just want to keep us out on the sidewalk for as long as possible. Well, um, that sucks. I'm sorry. But that, uh, uh, the Damned are my second favorite band of all time, and I just thought, you know what? It's been a crappy year. I need something bright in my life, so I booked a. I, you know, I got a ticket to see the Damned, and in Montreal, and I, I got managed to get a seat on a seat sale. And then I get to the airport, my flight's been canceled. <laughs> so instead of sending me to Montreal, they send me to Toronto. I get to Toronto, my connecting flight's been canceled. They get me on another flight; it's delayed. And as I'm getting onto the flight, finally, I look at my phone and find out that the Damned had to cancel the show. Oh. <laughs> Captain Sensible pulled a Kelsey Grammer in Toronto and fell off the stage the night before. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Oh, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so he, yeah, so they had to postpone a bunch of shows. Captain cracked some ribs. Uh, meanwhile, I'm in Montreal with no show to go to and, uh, and not much money to spend. So I basically have to wait it out until, uh, it's time to come home again. Is there but, a restaurant in Montreal called Montreal? There has to be, right? Probably. How can how can that one be left on the table? Munch real. Think about it. Ah. Right? Yeah, well, you say with the right accent, it sounds great. Munch real. <laughs> and they oh, extremely like, unhealthy foods. Yeah, as opposed to a lot of the stuff that's in Montreal uh, now. And, uh... Okay, so, studio, on the plus side, let, let me just say this: this studio who works on this show, uh, he he went up to uh, Montreal to do uh, the uh, the comedy festival. That's right, Sketchfest. Yes, and he had a great set, and uh, yeah. But he was saying, he said to me, "Yeah, you know what the good news is? Is that the meat house or whatever it was, it's across the street. The meat. What was it again? Schwartz's. 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 Yeah, Schwartz's." Yeah, he's like, we did our show right across the street from Schwartz's. I was like, yeah, good news. <laughs> right? When it rains, it pours. Which it did all week but in Montreal. Get, yeah. You know what? But he went up there, and him and Bridge and Tunnel, it was Bridge and Tunnel, right? They killed. They blew them all away. Now people in Montreal talk, they talk about Bridge and Tunnel first, then Leonard Cohen. Then No Joy. Then Jail. J-A-L-E. Right? Well, they're from Halifax. Yeah. Well, they hang out. No, you're right. They don't talk about jail at all. <laughs> so, yeah. So he went up there, had a great show. So what, what, what else were you going to say there, Stephen? Well, well, the bright side was that at least at... Right before I had to come back home, uh, Red Cross played a show. That's and true. so that was the silver lining. Unfortunately, it was at the exact same time as the Bridge and Tunnel show, so I had to kind of make a hard decision. So I own, I owe an apology to Dudio because I chose Red Cross I, over Bridge yeah, and Tunnel. He'll be back. He'll be back. Bridge and Tunnel will be back. How was the? I heard the Red Cross shows were amazing. Really great. I heard they did teen bait from and hang out with them a little bit, and they're super friendly, and I bought yeah. a ton of. A vinyl and a, even a cassette off of them and uh you know they play all the songs i wanted to hear and they they played uh the teen babes from yeah, monsanto record saying. in its entirety mm-hmm. including like the, the the deuce cover and that mm-hmm. voice and heart cover that's on there is amazing you mean the song from bewitched yes you remember uh, when when uh that song was on bewitched 
Is that the one? Does, now, does Sam sing it, or does her her kind of look Serena, like Serena? Her evil evil uh, cousin. It looks, okay, I haven't seen it like since I was a kid. So wherever long. you are tonight, I think you right. Yep. I got to. Uh, maybe that's what I got to do. Record a record. Maybe that'll straighten everything out. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here, too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. Who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. What do you think? <laughs> I'd buy it. Yeah. All right, Stephen, look, I want to say this to you. Stay strong. You're doing the right thing. You're in, you're in already. So stand tall. People, we're, we're behind you. Well, thanks, Tom. That means a lot. And, uh, yeah. Thanks, buddy. And uh, one quick thing. What's that? Um, uh, I came up to the Toronto show when you and John were there. Yes. Classic. And uh, I was able to hand off a, a DVD of the, the Jerry Lewis talk show, and I was wondering if you ever got a chance to watch it. You know what? I have it on my desk. I did not, and it haunts me that I didn't watch it yet. Haunts me. <laughs> Haunt! You're going to love it. Steven, I'm going to watch it. I want to. I will. It's happening. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, man. Bye. Bye. Best show. Hey, Tom? Yes, hi. Hi, it's um, Dave calling from Hastings in England. Dave from Hastings. Hey, Tom. Wait, is this really a call from from Hastings in England? It sure is. What yeah, time is it there? What time is it there? It is 2.40 in the morning. All right. Fair enough. What's going on How in Hastings you? tonight? Uh, um, not a great deal. It's, it's rather very late, obviously. Um, and I'm just up and awake and mm -hmm. to the best show. Now, is this one of those phones you have to put coins in? In the house, right? It's like a TARDIS. It is like a TARDIS. Dude, and this is the other thing. Dudio was just telling me this. He's like, this is what he said to me. Hey, have you been watching this uh, season of Doctor Who? It's like, what do you think? Yeah, I have. Oh. Yeah, no, I skipped the other 88 seasons, but I jumped on board this season. <laughs> I tell you. That would be a good place to start. I love, I'll say this. I love Dudio. I love him, love him, love him. But do you think I'm watching Doctor Who? Of course not. No. I gotta watch What's His Face do Doctor Who, right? The, 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 the Malcolm, uh, McDowell, Malcolm Trent, right? Malcolm Tucker. Malcolm Tucker? Trent Tucker? That guy. Remember when Trent Tucker hit that one shot? No, never mind. Um, so, yeah. So it's Doctor Who. I'm not watching it. And I'm hoping they're they're talking now. Big talk is about who the next Doctor Who is going to be, right? Yeah, I'm hearing Alec Baldwin. 
<laughs> in his 30 rock guys no as as uh, like a trumpian kind of he'll do his trump impression which is which is just like it's it's like he got into this war because there's this guy anthony Ataminuk, who's as funny as can be this guy and this guy does the greatest donald trump impression you could do and then this uh, Alec Baldwin figures one out in the in the elevator up to uh, Thirty Rock, right? Yeah. He puts a, puts a Gary the Squirrel on his head, and then uh, and then starts doing this thing where he's just he's just mugging. It's like, and then he goes on talk shows and he's just like saying his impressions better and all, and that like these other people are amateurs. It's like. And and the difference between you and the guy you're doing an impression of is is how, what now, the way you're acting, like oh you're he, this is Alec Baldwin, yeah my impression is the uh, greatest uh, Donald Trump impression and there's a lot of other people doing their impression it's not good, uh, it's really bad, and then he starts doing the impression like this and he starts uh, so he's I thought he was doing a Bullwinkle at first, I was almost positive he was doing Bullwinkle. Hey there, Rocky! Right? Hey, uh, Steven Spicer! What's going on? That's huge! Huge! So, I'm hearing he's gonna be the next Doctor Who. Him or, well, uh, I'm, he- I'm also hearing that, uh, Baby Spice is in the running. Who? Uh, Baby Spice? Yeah, wouldn't that be a, she'd be a good Doctor Who, right? Baby Spice? <laughs> I think they, they'd all give it a good shot. Eat all five of them. What about Sharon Horgan? She'd be good. Yeah, right? Yeah. Tweet that out. Awesome. Everybody tweet Sharon Horgan as the next Doctor Who. She looks good in a scarf as well. Yeah, okay. I didn't think <laughs> about it that way. I was just thinking about her talent. So, uh, so what, to what do I owe the pleasure of this call? My friend, I have one for the topic, which is unfinished business. Unfinished business, uh, and it's quite relevant actually because it's, it's about Twin Peaks. I've never actually finished season two of Twin Peaks. Yeah. Season one, watched it many times. Mm-hmm. Episode one of season two, I've seen lots, and that's all I've seen of it. Mm-hmm. But now, now that the third one's coming out, I feel I have to finally get around to watching it. Yeah, I can, I can see that. If you want to, if but you want to be, be talking about it, everyone's going to be talking about. It. You should just, you should. I would say that's one. Catch up on it. It is worth it. Look, I'm not the world's biggest Twin Peaks fan. Right. I like it just fine. Just catch up though, if you want to, if you want to remember everybody, the. What's his face? Just so I don't, just so I'm not left out. Yeah, remember that one guy who was just like, "You will find a candy bar" or something. I don't know. Look, I haven't watched it either, mm. and I, 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 I shan't be watching it uh, when everybody else does. I'll catch up at some you, point. I think uh, during the week, um, David Lynch was doing a live feed of him eating a donut as a weird promotion for the new season. He what? What? Say that again. To... I just I, on Facebook there was just his live video feed of him eating a donut. Eating a donut. That's yeah. all he was doing. Okay, look. 
He's earned the right. That guy's earned the right. Yeah, I like him. He's I'm a, a weirdo. He's everybody's weird, though. Good for him. Yeah. He brought the thing back. Right? As promised, after 25 years. He should have been eating a candy bar, because like that one guy said on the show, you like candy bars, so do I. <laughs> right? And then he yeah. said, he doesn't like you. And then he said, I don't like you either. Remember that? It has been a while. Well, you should watch it. I'm going to rewatch the whole lot. Welcome to the donut shop. A more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Or something like that. Right? Okay. Never uh -huh. has there been a collection of more scum and villainy. He doesn't like you. I don't like you either. <laughs> Wait, that's Star Wars. I think that's now I'm mixing them up. Now I'm mixing them up. And then there's the one part where the one guy's like, "All right, which one of you lot? Which one of you killed my brother?" <laughs> right? Wait, that's Get Carter. Sorry. That now I'm, mix Carter. I'm mixing all these things up. Which one of you killed my brother? All right, my friend. Tim, uh, Tom, I do like one of the impressions that you did a few weeks ago. You do a very good William Burroughs. I don't think I can't. Um, anyone gave you Legally. credit when you did it at the time. Legally, I cannot do it anymore. You can't. I'm in trouble with the <laughs> William Burroughs estate. <laughs> the estate. I'm in trouble, yeah. The William Burroughs estate, you know what else they own? What else do they own? Big Mouth Billy Bass. <laughs> Yeah, I can Imagine. see. Imagine, because there was originally a William Burroughs thing that, like, you'd press the button and then the fish would turn and go. <laughs> we were standing in the desert. <laughs> doing peyote. I pulled out a... Okay. Thanks, my friend. So is there a Billy Bass in Naked Lunch? Uh, there probably is. <laughs> there probably is. All right, my Thank friend. You, you have a grand evening. All the best. Nice guy, nice guy. So, uh, unfinished business. That's what we're talking about. A lot of stuff. Want to hear, want to hear, uh, your, your thoughts on unfinished business all, all tonight. And the phone number, as always, 201 332 you know what one uh, piece of unfinished business I have is this uh, trying to think how to how to best explain this would be uh, um I really I haven't talked about it on the air much uh, at all actually but for like the last year or so there's uh, I'm gonna open this uh, refreshment. Yeah, for the last year, there's been a guy who has been uh, posting very negative stuff, uh, really negative comments about me and the show and uh, like all over the place, websites, uh, Twitter, message boards, at you everywhere. This guy's really been giving me the business. He's very mean. And just, just for an example, here's a few things he said, uh, 
I pulled a couple of these. Sharpling's a self-satisfied simpleton just begging to be taken down a couple notches. Nothing more than a pathetic clown desperate for attention. Like that's wildly unfunny blowhard that thinks every lame joke he makes is hilarious. Newsflash, none of them are. Nobody's laughing. A true pinhead that has never stood face to face with a true man with nothing to fear. And there's like an edge to them, too. There's like a weak of mind, weak of body, and absolute nothing. I would reduce him to rubble with one punch. And see, that's the kind of... These comments are always... They're very, they're very like... uh Yeah, let me... Re- the kind of guy that is begging for someone like me to destroy him in every possible way. And it's like... They're very aggressive, very macho, but the weird thing is that re- me judging from the comments, I I am positive he's never actually heard the show, and he's just taken this instant dislike to me based on articles about the show or about Sharpling and Worcester, and he he's always under the name Alpha Thor 1, 01, Alpha Thor 01. And, uh, I actually poked around and, uh, you know, Googled him and was able to, uh, trace him back to this Reddit, uh, this subreddit called American Badasses, where he, I think, is the administrator. And he calls himself the Alpha Dog. I guess that, that's maybe what they call administrators, that American Badasses. Everything he writes is macho and super aggressive. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's like he, he fancies himself, like he's the ultimate badass. And there are so many guys out there like that, uh, in, in this day and age. These like internet tough guys who, who act like, it's like they act like everything is a, like a combat zone. And I mean, look. If you don't like, it, it, it's fine. It, criticism is fine. If you don't like the show or you don't like me, that's okay. People do, people like me and then people are not going to like me. And then they like the show. So that means there's people who aren't going to like the show. That's, that's how it goes. I truly don't care. But, um, when you start getting like super aggressive, that's really a whole, whole other thing. And I've tried to tune them out. But the other day he put a comment on the Rolling Stone, uh, about the Rolling Stone article that was, uh, written about saying the 50 funniest people that included me and John Worcester. Um, and this is what he wrote on that is like, Sharpling thinks he's funny. He's not. He's a weak pinhead. No more, no less. I know the type. He'd be wetting his diaper if he came face to face with me. Let's see how funny this jerk is when he's got me standing in front of him, punching my hand into my open palm. Threatening. One bad joke, and I drop this punk, cracking him over my knee like a breadstick. If you're reading this, you've been warned, boy. I'm out here and ready to fight. Just name the time and place. And he even wrote a couple things about John as well, I've never heard any of his stupid bands, but I can tell by his whole dumb vibe, he'd turn into a puddle of tears if I walked up on him, pounded my chest, and said, yo, what's up? 
Then he also said, someone needs to tell that, uh, that, that his, that Flamer, which is offensive, that is this 1980, that his, someone needs to tell that Flamer that 1985 era Scott Gorham called and wants his hair back, which I actually have to give the guy credit on that. It's an obscure, uh, reference. He was the guitarist in Thin Lizzy and, and had kind of like a, Jane Fonda type haircut. Um, so he's been doing it. I feel like he really crossed the line and I'm, I, I really do think I've finally had enough. So, um, you know, I started rereading the Reddit posts and actually found his phone number listed in one. So, uh, Speaking of unfinished business, I think I'm going to call Alpha Thor 01 and give him a little bit of my own uh, medicine. Let me just do this so I don't have to give his number out over the air when I dial. Four. Okay, it's ringing. Doesn't get any message comes up or anything. I'm not gonna. Okay, let me see. Hello? Speak! Yeah, is this Thor? Who dares to ask? Um, well, I, I was actually calling because, uh, you know, the number Look, I got. You have five seconds to state your purpose. If you can't, retribution will be swift, heinous, and extremely painful. Um, okay, well, um, uh, my name is Todd, and I, I was actually calling you, uh, Thor, because I needed to get some advice on how to deal with somebody who's who's been bothering me. All right, first things first. How did you get this number? Uh-huh. Well, I saw it on the comments for the Rolling Stone uh, 50 funniest uh people uh right now list and you were you were really brutal with that dope uh Tom Sharpling. So well, look, I, was... I speak my mind. Don't like it? Think I give a rip? Tell me I'm wrong? Get ready to eat fist. The total lack of Fs I give are counterbalanced by the abundance of beatdowns I rain down. Okay. Um, Because, I mean, after I saw how few Fs that you you give, I I, I wanted to find out more about what kind of, how how somebody who speaks their mind so freely and is is such a, you know... Unrelenting badass? um, Yeah, yes. Unrelenting badass and that's what that's actually what led me to uh to to how I got the number is cuz I started following your posts over at the American badasses uh reddit and uh your phone number was at the bottom of one one, one of your posts yeah yeah american badasses is where i get to take off the governor and take off the gloves you know and really tell the people what my life is really like what well, so 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 uh I'm sorry, I'm nervous. The, the stories you tell on there are, are real? Calling me a liar? Well, no. 
I mean, I'm not calling you a liar. It's just that some of the stories on the page are so so uh, ex- extreme. Like what? Well, there was one where you said you were at a convenience store and guys, those guys came in to rob it. What about it? Well, would that story was true? Yeah, every word of it. I'll run it down for you real quick. All right, so I'm waiting in line to buy a sixter of Monster Energy. Mm-hmm. When these three pieces of human filth came in, they started harassing the owner. Okay. This one guy pulled out a gun, and he pointed at the owner, and the owner's terrified. So were all the customers, but I wasn't. So I got down on my hands and my knees, just behind the piece of grunt who was holding the gun, and I tapped his leg. He spins around. I motion for him to look down. He sees me kneeling there. I gently grab the gun, and I guide it to my forehead. And I say, Look, you got the guts to put this in the face of a 65-year-old Asian man. You got the guts to pull the trigger right now. That human dumpster fire was essing himself. I'll tell you, you could you could smell it too. Oh, oh, that's disgusting. Just, I'm, I'm speaking truth. Of course, so I of say. Course, yeah. So I go, son. If I'm looking at the person who's going to end my life tonight, have at it. If I'm not, walk away immediately. Sparing yourself from a life-altering beatdown that will be so humiliating, you'll never be able to look at your own reflection again. So he's standing there frozen, right? Mm-hmm. Just then, one of his buddies, he makes a move on me. I embed one of the monster energy drinks in his face. The other guy comes at me. I headbutt him. He goes flying off. Then I grab the first guy, the guy with the gun. I grab his gun. I smash him in the face with it. And I wouldn't let any of those guys leave that store until they picked up all their teeth like puzzle pieces. Wow. Wow, that, that is that is insane. Can can I ask you what about the story where you were at the the bar and and the mafia guys were were like uh, messing with your girlfriend? What about it? Um. Well, I mean, I I don't really remember all of it. It would would you be able to tell retell it to me? Well, look, here's how it went. I'm in the can, right? I come back out of the bathroom, mm-hmm. see these mob guys talking to my woman. I come up, I get in their faces, and I go, what's up? The oldest one, he goes, I suggest you vacate the premises if you want to continue breathing. And the other two guys start laughing, right? Mm -hmm. So I look the main guy right in the eye, and I say, oh, is that so? He goes, yeah, that's so. One of his lackeys goes, do you have any idea who you're talking to? And I look him right in the eye and I say, look, if John Gotti himself was standing here, I'd tell him the exact same thing I'm about to say to you. And the guy says, oh, and what is that? I look him right in the eye and I say, 
a little advice my grandmother told me. Never let your pasta get cold. And with that, I grab a bowl of hot penne Alfredo off of a waiter's tray, and I shove it in that one guy's face. Then I take the other guy by the hair, and I slam his face down onto the bar really hard. You could hear his face shatter. Then I look directly into the eyes of the oldest guy, the head mob guy, and I say, there's two ways this can go. You get the nice version of me, you're going to pay a visit to your doctor. You get the not nice version of me, you're going to pay a visit to your mortician. Your choice. He looks me in the eye, and he says, in all my years, I've never seen that kind of toughness. You want in? You just say the word. And he kisses me on each cheek. And then he takes off this necklace that his, his grandmother gave him on her deathbed. And he puts it on my neck. And he goes, as far as I'm concerned, you're my brother. As far as I'm concerned, you're already made. Wow, wow. What, what, an, what an honor that must have been. So I look him right in the eye, right? Uh-huh. And I said, beat it. I'm trying to talk to my woman. And they thanked me for sparing their lives. And then he dragged his two friends out into the night. Wow. That's, yeah. a, that's intense. Very intense. Not many guys could pull that off. I, I, I'm sure, Thor. It's, it's really, uh, it's a real testament to, to, to how tough you are. That's right. Um, can I, can I ask, would you maybe be able to help me with a problem? Hey, look, you know, I'm not your sensei, okay? You need to sack up and be a warrior of your own accord. Mm-hmm. That's how it goes. That's a, that's the testament of a, of a of a true warrior. Sure, sure. No, I, I I appreciate that, but I'm I'm nowhere near the badass that you are. Could could you please help me? All right, all right. Look, I'm feeling charitable. Okay. I feel like I'm speaking to someone who, if he hasn't already, he's on the cusp of losing his dignity and his manhood. All right, look, I want you to know something, though, okay? Uh-huh. I'm giving you the greatest gift you will ever receive, okay? Okay. All right, boy, tell me your problem. Um. Well, y- yes, I, I do realize how lucky I, lucky I am, Thor. Um, I'm having some, some problems with my neighbor. Um, he, he plays music really loud at these pool parties that he hosts, uh, every Saturday. And, uh, he's got a very loud dog that barks all the time and, and also just kind of like does his business in my yard. And then there's also this giant limb from his tree. It reaches into my driveway and I almost hit it with my car like, like once a week. All right, here's what you do. The next time you see that mutt taking a squeege on your lawn, uh-huh. you walk right up to it, you look it directly in the eye, and you say, 
this is going to go two ways. Either you hold it or you don't, and you pick it up with this plastic bag, your choice, and then you shove this plastic bag in his face. And if he does do it again, you pick up that dog and you throw it at your neighbor while he's sleeping. Well, I mean, the thing, it's, the dog is a bull mastiff. So? He's big. So? What, you can't pick up a bull mastiff? And throw him at my neighbor? Yeah, I could, I could do that with one hand, and I do it every day pretty much. Okay, well, I, okay, that helps me with, with that problem. Okay. All right. Next time he starts blasting that loud music, you walk calmly into his backyard. You stand over the pool, and then you dump a large packet of red food coloring in the water. And you say, all right, listen up. You got two options. One, you turn the music down, and life goes on as normal, and you retain your health. Two, you don't turn the music down, and the water runs red as a result of something much more painful than what you see right now. The choice is yours. Okay. okay. All right, and in regards to the limb, mm-hmm. here's what you do. You wait for him to walk to his car in the morning. You approach him. You look him in the eye and you say, all right, there's two ways this can go, all right? One, you get up on a ladder and you saw that limb down. Or two, I reach up, break off the limb, fashion a stake out of it, and then I ram it through your heart. How do you choose, son? Okay. All right, but that's just me, right? Mm -hmm. Only the hardest of the hard will have the stones to take the bull by the balls like that, all right? Uh, Okay. It's like, you know, that new Metallica album. It's called Hardwired to Self-Destruct. Uh-huh. I'm like that, only I'm hardwired to be a total no-Fs-giving badass. That's how you're hardwired? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And I guess, has it always been like that? You've always Always been been like that, Uh yeah. I never took anything from anybody. I've won every fight I've ever been in. Okay. Except one. Well, you didn't win one. Yeah, I fought a tank. You, you, You fought an actual tank? I did. I was 12. And you, you lost to the tank? I did, but I won the next year when I was 13. Okay. Wow. Yeah. It's, you're, you're, you really are a badass, Thor. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Are we done? Excuse me? Are we done? Um. I guess we are. Look, you may have no life to speak of, but I've got international business to attend to, all right? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I, I appreciate the time you've given me and, uh, I, I hope this isn't prying uh, too much, but can, can you tell me what kind of work you do for a living? Yeah, I run a Fortune 5 company. A, a Fortune 500 company? No, a Fortune 5 company. Wow, Listen for- up. Listen for- up. It's one of, those, uh, one of the five most powerful companies in the world, and I'm an executive, all right? And I'll tell you, here's a little pointer. The kind of power that goes with that position... Mm-hmm. It's like a very, very powerful pea magnet. I'll tell you, I'm getting more pea in a week than most men get pea in a year. Uh, okay. And I don't mean P-E-E. No, I understand that. I mean pe- I'm not nuts about that, but okay. I mean, that's, that's, sure. 
Okay. Um, but I, that's how you choose. That's how you express yourself, Thor. I guess that's fair because you're a badass. And that's, that's right. I, and I, I express myself sexually as often as I can. Okay. Well, that's, that's, uh, I didn't necessarily need to, uh, get the, the details of that to the degree I just did, but. Well, you got him. Oh, hang uh, on. Hold on. Ugh. Hang on. I got a situation here, all right? Stay, boy. Are you talking to a, is there a dog in the office? No, I was talking to you. Stay, boy. Oh, boy. I gotta, I gotta say, I'm, I am actually rethinking this. This guy actually sounds like the real deal with this. <laughs> this guy's scary. And, um, yeah, I, I look, I don't appreciate the things he writes. Um, but, uh, and I thought I had a chance to humiliate him here on the, on the show by kind of pranking him. But I, I really think I'm over my head here with this guy. And I do not have a good feeling about this actually messing with this guy. Cause he, I gotta, he seems actually dangerous and actually could be, yeah, like actually really capable of violence. So I, I guess I should, which um, I guess you should probably just apologize to him and come clean just to get out of this fair and square. So I'm going to, I just got a, this was a mistake. This was a huge mistake. Hello? So when he, hello, Thor? Well, Thor, can I just say, just please listen to me now. This is not Todd. This is actually Tom Sharpling, the guy you've been, uh, writing comments about and this call was actually a prank and i'm sorry about that oh, and i on, just slow wanted down. To, what's that who is this tom sharpling what's in the best show yeah uh-huh you're kidding no oh my god i'm i'm a huge fan I haven't actually been able to listen tonight because I'm at work. Um, I have to ask, what um, what candy bars have you talked about so far? Um, well, we we actually did talk a little bit about candy bars. Which um, ones? Not much. I, we didn't get specific, it didn't get specific, but uh, mentioned candy bars a couple times. And oh, um, just the just the the, the the catch-all candy bars. Yeah, just the idea of a candy bar. Oh. You know. So, I mean, look, I'm flattered that you're a fan. Well, I'll listen tomorrow on 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 the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And you know, uh, what 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 is uh what is your name? My name is Brad. Okay. Yeah. Um. I I just walked by um. Thad's desk and and I saw his phone line was lit up, but but he's not around, so I I picked it up. I um. Can I help you? Why are you calling here? Uh huh. Well, I was actually talking to Thor. And I said, wait, you said Thad, not, I thought it was Thor. I thought it was pronounced, like, Thor. Wait, not, I'm, 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 I'm very confused. Yeah, me too. Thor. Thor. Um, can, can you describe him? Um, well, you know, I've never met him, but I'm just going on, on, uh, online. I've, I've, I know him from online and I mean, by everything he's been, uh, you know, talking about himself, I would like. Uh, I assume he's probably like 
I always pictured him as like a bigger, rowdy, roddy piper. Well, um, I'll tell you, I can't say I've ever ever come across Thor, the muscle-bound monster you just described, but I most definitely know Thad, the walking mini-gherkin whose phone this is. Like a, what did you call him? A mini gherkin, you know, like a little, like a little pickle. Uh huh. Even smaller than that. Okay. Yeah, Thad. We we actually call him Thadpole here at, at Prime Castles Incorporated. He, it's funny because he's actually the exact opposite of everything you described. It's kind of funny. Oh, uh, okay. R- like really? Like how? How so? Well, he's um. Gosh, he's. I I, I guess maybe like I don't know five four. Uh, maybe 125 pounds max, and uh-huh. he's got he's got this weird facial hair. Like it's not enough to be actually like a beard. It looks like it looks like someone smeared butterscotch pudding mix on on a child's face. Uh-huh. So that's what he's got going up top, and he's kind of prematurely bald. And but he he wears those um you know those gold gold gym muscle shirts. You know. They have like the big long, the big holes on either side. Sure, with the big open sleeves. Exactly, yes. But because he's so puny, his whole like upper torso falls through one sleeve. It's a really weird look. It's it's kind of like the most non-threatening look you could ever imagine. Really? It's yeah, it's interesting. Oh wow! Because I I gotta I, I are you serious? Yes, I'm really shocked by this because. Like online, and just me just talking to him now, it's just like, he seems so violent and like super macho. Really? Yeah. I huh. mean, but I'm, I'm calling it his work here. He, he, uh, so I'm assuming he was telling the truth about working for a Fortune 5 company. It's selling castles. What? No, we don't sell castles. We we repair castles. You repair castles. What well, yeah. what is how do you, I don't know what do you mean repairing castles? We repair bouncy castles. Why? Wait, uh, bouncy castles like the ones that kids play in at fun fairs? Yes, yeah. Oh, you know, I I should clarify what I just said. We the higher-ups like me, we repair the castles. Thad hoses them out. He hoses the, oh, that sounds, yeah. that sounds gross. Yeah. Oh my God, it is. I'll tell you, the, the atrocities these kids commit in these things, they should actually call them bouncy toilets, oh, not castles. So disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> bouncy toilet. Oh, God. I'll tell you, man, I've seen, I've gone on location sometimes. I've seen kids line up for an hour to get into this thing and to a child the first thing they do they whip it out and they pee in it oh god they don't even care about bouncing that's horrifying it's sick uh huh yeah wow that's you disgusting know. it is yeah yeah <laughs> I oh so that's the deal with those bouncy castles it is yeah and you know the castles start coming back to us around like 9.30pm every night and they they have to get hosed first you know, and uh, actually, one just came in, and that, that must be worth that uh, 
scampered off to. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh wow! I'm I'm really trying to take all this in because I I mean I have a lot of questions about this guy. Hmm. Um. Can I ask how old uh, Thor? I mean Thad is. You know, I that's a good question. I it's really hard to tell because he's so. I hate to use it. He's so puny and, and so just odd. Um, you know, I, I'm actually kind of near the personnel uh, files here. Hang I on. I'd love to find right. out. Okay. Let me see here. Here we go. All right. Uh, Gilman, Heller. Here we go. Horthaven. Wait, what, uh, what, was, what was his last name? Horthaven. Horthaven. H O R F. H A V E N. Thad. His full, Hor- na- his full name is, is is P Thad Horfhaven. P Thad Horfhaven. Yeah, yeah. That's maybe the worst name I've ever heard. It's pretty terrible. It it, it kind of sounds like a guy from I don't know, like the early twentieth century who made a fortune in textiles and then he gambled it all away and then he died of syphilis in a I don't know, like a Connecticut insane asylum, doesn't it? Yeah. It really is a kind of thing where it'd just be like, you'd see a plaque somewhere where it'd say like, this building donated by P. Thad Horfhaven and, uh. Died, this- died of, uh, died of syphilis in, uh, I don't know, in, uh, 1918. Yeah. Like a real kind of, very strange. The idea you know? of a, yeah. of, P. Thad Horfhaven. Hey, what was that movie? What movie? There was a movie about that. That exact thing. What thing? Well, we just described it. It takes place like early in the, in the 1900s. Oh, who is okay. it? Oh, it's, it's, it's Jackie Earl Haley. It was one of his first serious films. It was weird because it was right after, right after Bad News Bears go to Tokyo, go mm-hmm. to Japan. Yeah. And he was cast as this guy. It was kind of like a reverse Clifford. So he's like maybe 19 in real life. And he's playing like a 50-year-old man. I don't remember this movie. What was it called? It was called... um, I've seen all this guy's movies. It was called... It was a theatrical release. It was. It it, it, it It didn't last long in the theaters. Jackie Earl Haley played a fifty-year-old businessman when right after. So he's like nineteen twenty. Yeah, tops. yeah. I think it had it had straw hat in the title. Mm-hmm. You, you you got me, Brad. Well, maybe somebody will come up with the title, and maybe we'll even find a movie poster for it. Uh well, I look if we can't name. The movie, and you said it as Straw Hat. Oh, the Straw Hat and the Syphilis Kid. That's the name of the movie. That, that does was ring it, a yes. bell. That does ring a bell. And he was really upset, I remember, in real life because the Straw Hat got top billing. I think I saw that on Night Flight. Yes. Right? Yes, that I think it, it was, it was, when they were doing those weird double bills, it was like they'd show a movie like that, a, a drama, and then they'd show a, a, another state of mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you'd have Jack Earl Haley as an old man, and then you'd have 
Ian Mackay looking like 30 pounds heavier than he ever did ever again in his life. Very strange so, times. Yeah. So, can I ask you um, regarding Thor or oh, yeah. Thad that I'm going to assume he doesn't have uh, women crawling all over him? Oh, like wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. What's that? Oh, my God. What? He's 36. Okay. We thought he was maybe younger than us. Uh-huh. Like, I, I'm 20. Yeah. And I feel like a total failure working here. I, I can't imagine what that feels like when he's hosing all that and all that out of those castles. Yeah, I had to, I had to bleep you there. Yeah, I would have too. Yeah. Um so uh yeah. Oh, you're talking about him, him and women? Yeah. I was just I was just wondering cuz he was bragging to me about all these women that he that he has just hanging all over him. <laughs> And he, so I'm assuming okay. by that laugh, um, he's well, not a... Look, I, I, um, I don't want to trash him, okay? Mm-hmm. But we're talking about a guy who literally jumped into a vat of bouncy castle bilge, or, or to be bile, I don't know, somewhere, you get the picture. Yes. He, he jumps into this vat to avoid making just eye contact. With this woman, Sheila Larson. Uh, she's the woman who dries out the castles after Thad hoses them out. <laughs> I've seen him do it like five times, too. Like he can't even make eye, eye, <coughs> eye contact with her. Yeah. Sorry, it, got a little... It's kind of sad. <coughs> I got a little queasy thinking about the bilge there. Uh, I, well, I, I'm, I'm kind of immune to it right now. Really? Yeah, I see it so much. I smell it. It's a terrible smell. It's a real stench. Oh. It smells like, um, I've only ever smelled this smell once before. Um, uh-huh. Just by, I don't even know how I ended up there. I was in uh, Bayonne, and uh, I needed to um, make a phone call, and I found this bar. It was called, um, Mass's Tavern. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. And you needed to make a call. Terrible smell. In Mass's. Yes. Like what, what? What would you equate it to? It was like it was like the, the bouncy the, castle. Bouncy build. castle builds times a hundred. Wow. Okay. Real, well, real bad. Either they've got their own thing going on there, or they've got some bouncy castles stored in the back room. They do. Maybe yeah. you never know. Who knows with that place? Yeah. Oh, I mean, oh, who, oh, what's that? Oh my God! He's coming back. He's coming oh back. My God. Boy, is he in for a surprise! What what is that sound? You'll see. Look, I'm going to go into my office and I'm going to listen in on my extension. Okay. Okay. Right, see ya. say your voice your voice sounds very different than than before when we were talking what yeah Uh, really oh you know what i must have some of that guy's flesh in my throat from when i've 
Thor? What 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 is actually going on there? <laughs> Sounds like someone's voice modulator doesn't have any batteries. Is that Brad? Brad? <laughs> that is so Brad. <laughs> so so I'm assuming your your boss took the batteries out of your voice mod <laughs> your voice modulator uh Th- Thor Thad Thad who's Thad Well you, Brad just told me everything about who you are Thad <laughs> P Thad and I got to say You've been making my life uh, a, a living hell for the last year, talking so tough and pretending to be so menacing and intimidating. Wait, and who scary. is this? Who is this? This is Tom yes. Sharpling is who it is. What? Yeah, yeah. This is Tom Sharpling, and I got to say, I don't like it. It's just you. You have really uh, been a, a nothing but a, a bully and an internet tough guy, and it really, there's just no place for that in the, and, and I feel like you owe me an apology! What? You owe me an apology! Where? Hey, it's Brad. T- Tom? Do you use a voice modulator too? No! No, I, oh, okay. If, you know, maybe, oh my god. Maybe. I. I knew I didn't check the batteries on mine. Hey! What, what voice modulator model do you use, Tom? Um, well, I was using the Mogitech 400 and then I switched to the 750. Oh man, that's a quality modulator! show back again here on a tuesday night what's up everyone how are you mike 
I love it. Mike really wants that Sunshine in the Rain album. Do you have a turntable, Mike? Okay. Looking good. Looking good for you. Mamacita. So this is this for this copy it's between Pat and uh Dudio. <laughs> Do I need anything? I like that. I like that get up and go, Pat. We just heard from Simon Doom. New album is called huh? It's called Simon Doom. No, it's called Baby Man. It's called Baby Man? I think it's called Baby Man. And that song's called I Feel Unloved. So good. Simon Doom, so good. It's uh my buddy who uh what is he? Is he in the MGMT? I think a little bit, right? I think he is. Don't laugh. I think he is in it. You're going to be embarrassed when you're at the Panorama Fest. It's up on stage. I think he's playing bass with MGMT. Love those alien days. And they have a show coming up. Uh, they got a show coming up. I just saw a flyer that my friend Nick Gazen did for it. And he's got an art show. What am I going to do? A uh, game of, uh, game of, uh, uh, dominoes here? Of, uh, plug dominoes? Let's see. Where is this thing? Where is it? Come on. Nick? Searching on the old, uh, Instagram. So he went over to Instagram to, uh, <clears throat> it was an exciting night. I was at the, uh, I was at the, uh, Rockarola seeing Simon Doom for the album listening party and the music video premiere. Monday, May 15th from 6 to 9. God forbid anybody asked me to direct the video. I guess I'm out of that biz, huh, Mike? <laughs> I guess you take a break long enough, you're out. I'm going to throw my hat back in the ring. i got to take back what's mine. Hear that, Mike? Yeah. Who was better at directing videos than me? That's right, you don't know. Because no, there's no such name. There's no, no such name. Who what? Spike Jones? Was he? When's the last video music video he made? The Sweater Song? Right? Look, it's a great video. Last one he did, I think, was with Jake Fuglenest, where they uh, set some. They drove uh, wax around uh, Los Angeles. That's an inside. Uh... Did you know that, Mike? No. Oh. You're learning a lot tonight, Mamacita. What do you think about Mamacita shirts? <laughs> I can't do the Mamacita shirts right away because Dudio, I said I'd do shirts for him. 
Slaw dog shirts. Right? Look, seriously. And I'm serious about this. What's the, what's the, I want to see what people, if people would buy a slaw dog shirt. Would they buy one? The thing I worry about is that, that, that uh, a, a Mike's going to start bootlegging these slaw dog shirts. Right? Be in the Dwayne Reed parking lot buying some uh, janky slaw dog merch. Right? You get a, you get a, you get a copy of, uh, uh, right? You, you, you get, you get a copy of, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and a slaw dog shirt for $15. I gotta see the movie Split. You know that movie Split, Mike? It's about a dude with a split head. And he's got different voices going through. Nick, when is your show? When is your your art show? Text me back. You just texted me. Thank you for mentioning you. Of course, you're welcome. You're a very talented guy, and your sister is a very talented uh, a woman. The two of them, the brother and sister, have an art show together. I said on Twitter the other day, they're like uh, Luke and Leia. And he's like, we're not boring like that. He's like, yeah, no, of course they're boring. But they're also Jedis going around slashing everybody. I was watching these Star Wars movies, Mike, on on TBS. Because I was just leaving it on. Because they run them now. And uh, I was watching uh, Return of the Jedi. I'm going to say this. First of all. These Ewoks, I was down on them at first. These Ewoks are all right. They're nasty little dudes. Rocks, spears, just smashing logs into logs. Like, they're vicious little creeps. I was anti-Ewok for the longest time. These Ewoks are all right by me. But you know who's the worst still? C-3PO. That's right. He was in... Because he was in the the one before. What's the one before Return of the Jedi, Mike? Empire. And he's in that, and he gets he gets uh, lasered, right, and blown up. And then this Chewbacca, God knows why, pieces them back together, and straps them on his back when they're in Cloud City. And uh, they're running around. He's got him strapped to his back. And this C-3PO, rather than go, Oh, thank you so much, Chewbacca, for picking me off of the droid garbage assembly line. Or de-assembly line, whatever you call it. He's yelling, Turn around, I can't see what's happening. If only you put my legs on, this wouldn't be a problem. It's like... Ningrate. Should have left him on that conveyor belt. Can I say this? He's a proto. He's a protocol droid. He translates stuff. You tell me you couldn't throw the chip or whatever they put him in that chip into R two D two. He had R two D two translating stuff, right? There's enough room in R two D two for whatever chip is in C three PO. 
Uh, what are you eating out there? I hear a hot... No, I don't want any. First of all, who's that? What is it? Egg roll? No, get that out of here. Egg roll? The studio smells like an egg roll. What is this? Mike? You, who, who is that, first of all? Who is that? I get... I, I, well, you let her walk right into the studio. You're back down. You you know what you just watched uh, Fly Away, Mike? A Sunshine in the Rain album. It's gone. And Pat just closed the door. Hey, Pat. Pat. You're in the lead with this album. Dudio's, uh, is Dudio even around? Dudio left. Oh, well, 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 well. Look at how this shapes up. Dudio left. Mike lets uh, some some unwelcome guest into the studio. It sticks an egg roll in my face. <laughs> Pat, you might be going. Do you have a turntable, Pat? It's two. Well, you might get both of the albums then. <laughs> Do some uh, Christian Marclay biz, right? And who's in the studio with me now other than, none other than the actual band, Sunshine and the Rain. We have Justin... And Ashley are here. How are you doing tonight, guys? So far, so good. Yeah, doing great. Thank you. How are you doing? See, now that's nice. You know what? You're in the lead now, Ashley, <laughs> to get one of these <laughs> albums. Your album. Yes, get your album back. You. Yes. <laughs> you asked how I'm doing. You think Mike, for once in his life, would ask how I'm doing? <laughs> no. You think Mama Sita cares? No. He don't care. It smells like Bill's. Taekwondo in here now with the egg roll. It really, it smells like, they smell like sweaty egg rolls. <laughs> it's gross in here now. So, the new album, or the debut album by Sunshine in the Rain is out when? Today? More or less? It's out on Friday. This May, Friday. Uh, May 12th, yep. Well, how about that? So, so the copy I have right now, or the three copies I have... <laughs> Or are uh, basically, they can, you can't get these in a store for three more days. Exactly. This is the the special treatment right here. It's back wall treatment. Mm-hmm. Back wall treatment. Mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> are you going to sell these out of trunk, as they say in the music business? I think I think we have no other choice but to do it that way. Nobody. Like, <laughs> like you pull up in front of the club, throw the trunk open. Right? Mm-hmm. Of the mini. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much the only option we have. Well, you know what? You're hungry. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. You're on the streets. You don't have all the perks. What are you, Wilco? No. <laughs> You're not Wilco. You're not uh, the National, mm-hmm. right? With all their fancy <laughs> tour equipment and, like, people telling you that... Like, uh, you guys going, no, I decided, uh, I know, after second thought, I'm not going to sound check today after all. <laughs> and then they just sound check for you. No. You guys are lugging this stuff, picking it up, carrying it, wrapping it up, making it all happen. No luxury here. No. Nothing. No. Bare bones operation. <laughs> but that's what it is. But the album, the album's so great. Oh, thank you. And the album is called? In the darkness of my night. In the darkness of my night. That's a shout out to who? You can say it. To one of my favorite songwriters. Bobby, uh, Bobby Zimmerman? Yeah. 
I like to call him Bobby Zimmerman. That's how close we are. Otherwise known as, say it, Mike. <laughs> oh, he's got his nice. mouth full of these egg rolls. <laughs> I tell you. Pat, you are all but guaranteed. I'm not going to say guaranteed one. You're all but guaranteed one of these albums at this point. Studio is a God knows where. <laughs> and, and Mike is just handing away the lead he had. He's just, he's just, he's just letting it just. I know Studio's not here. He had no, no, no problem, uh, Instagramming up pictures of Sandy Wexler. <laughs> hmm. It's interesting. Priorities are an interesting thing. But sunshine in the rain, Ashley. Yes. Vocals, bass. Yes. What that's else? Correct. What else do you do? Big bass, right? That's a um, Tom Instagram at times. Big bass. Because remember, you had the bass on, but the way the photo was taken, it looked like the bass was like five hundred times the size of you. I feel like it is my the bass that I've been playing is larger than the normal scale. It's no, what is that? A Fender? No. No, we gave we, the uh, we gave the. We we switch. We went from an all Fender band to now an all Gibson band. Yeah, it we, was a very okay. <laughs> deliberate move. We're icing them out now. Yeah. All right. They so, rubbed us the wrong way, so we're doing it the Jersey City way now. We're yeah. just going to... Look out, Fender. Exactly. You're out. You're out. We gave you enough chances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to yeah. treat us like garbage. You hear that, Fender? Now you're going <laughs> to... You mess with sunshine and the rain, now you mess with the best show now. Exactly. Right? Strength in numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm we're, saying this right now. Fender is banned. <laughs> From the show because of sunshine and the rain. <laughs> Mike, write that down. <laughs> you got that, Mama Sita? What's that? Well, you wrote it down before you even asked. Well, Mike, that is a real can-do attitude. <laughs> I like that. Now, did you write it with a pen or did you write it with uh, hot mustard for your egg roll? <laughs> like a quill. Did you dip Did you dip your egg roll into uh, hot mustard like, your, uh, like it's uh, uh, the olden days? They were stingy on the hot mustard. Not a good do. Yeah. If it was pa- if Paradise East was still open on 440 in Jersey City, you wouldn't have that problem. Yeah. Hear that, Mike? <laughs> now, with uh, uh, Justin, you're in the lead now to get Uh-oh. this other copy of the album. <laughs> I think the two copies might just go to They're you guys. They're just back home. Yeah, just take them back. <laughs> just get them out of here. Take them back to the trunk. So, Nobody wants them. Back in trunk. <laughs> the. the polite way of saying, we don't want them here. No. no, I'm just kidding. This album, so it came out. It comes out this week. Ernest Jennings, Jennings, no plural, <laughs> right? Right. There's just one of him. Just one. And you recorded this album with a very famous person produced tracks on it. <laughs> That's right. Hero. Some may say yes. Some yes. may say the guy behind. Oh, I'm just going to name some of the songs he's behind. Maybe you've heard of a song called Bell Bottoms, right? Oh, yeah. Maybe you've heard of a song called Sweet Little Hi-Fi. Oh, yeah. John Spencer. Um, What was that like? Absolutely... Mind blowing just because I'd been such a fan for the longest time of his work since I was a kid. I mean, being a kid, being like a teenager and stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, 
growing up, you know, my, uh, my parents split up, you know, it was just like that awkward sort of phase of like listening to heavy, not necessarily heavy stuff, but just sort of like finding your, your own self. And I remember right around that time, somebody had turned me on to like the first blues explosion record. And, um, that kind of became the soundtrack more or less from my, uh, throughout that time. So, and then obviously when I would go to Pierre Platters, which I think I told Ash about this, I used to go to Pierre Platters and it was like every time I would go there, you know, the people working, they were just so intimidating because they just would play the greatest stuff in the world. And one time I kind of, I was so young, it was so embarrassing, but I asked what this, you know, oh, that sounds really good. You know, uh, what's that? And it's the kiss of death. Because <laughs> for people who don't know, Pier Platters was this record store in Hoboken that was the best record store in New York City was in Hoboken. Hands down. Pier Platters was the greatest record store. I justify. Uh, and I, I, I used to go there and it was the, but they were no record store. Has the had the intimidation factor that Pier Platters had? <laughs> Absolutely. Pier Platters was like not the way you see like in, in high fidelity when people are like, oh, they go no. Pier Platters was like the soup Nazi. <laughs> you'd go there, you'd put the records on the counter, and you'd hope that nothing. You'd say like, I'd like to buy these, please, and you would just like look down and then hope that you didn't get like the side eye. <laughs> Pretty much. And then they'd then, but for some reason. They liked me there. I don't know. God knows why. They were just like, they, I guess I was goofball. And I was just like, I got all, uh, uh, people were, were okay with me there. And then I would talk to other people. They'd be like, yeah, screw those guys. Right, exactly. I go there. I spend so much money. They just stare at me. They treat me like garbage. <laughs> I was like, no, they're all right to me. My uh, same thing here, which was I, I didn't. I didn't realize that, you know, early on, maybe I just was picking the right things or the okay mm-hmm. things, just following my heart. But I remember uh hearing something being played in the record tape, and uh it happened to be a Pussy Glow record, mm-hmm. and that was sort of like a life-altering moment for me because I've always chased that sound, or I've always had that in the back of my head since I was probably, I don't know, I don't want to date myself here. What am I, am I telling people? I'm like, you know... I'm all, I'm permanently 21, right? Look, we're all we'll, permanently we'll go, 21. Yeah, we'll so I'll let just say I was really young when I when I heard that. And so you were a young boy <laughs> when you were at Pier Platters. Of course you were. So I can't thank my Aunt Anna or my mom enough for taking me down there when I used to beg them, like, take me out of Jersey City to go there and get uh, records, you know, because I felt like that was just a, a place I could just kind of be myself because mm-hmm. um, there wasn't really – that much going on around here in Jersey City at that time, so no, yeah, there was no two boots at that point, <laughs> right? No two boots, no uh, God, what else? Two boots was just a dream. <laughs> like, but at that point, you'd be like, I heard we're getting, I heard this talk, this <laughs> this talk in all Bon Pan might be coming through. <laughs> ah, that's malarkey. There'll never be an all bon pan here. Are you crazy? The pastries and soups. It's Keep crazy dreaming. Talk. Yeah. You gotta go across a river for stuff like for soup and pastries. No, I heard I heard that they're talking about a panda express even. 
or uh, what was it? A great snake escape might come to the Newport yeah. Mall yeah. one day. I heard the five guys might open up. <laughs> nah, it'll never happen, kid. I've been here in Jersey City forever. There's no chance we get a five guys here. Keep dreaming. Peanut shells on the floor? Where do you think you're living? New York City? <laughs> Just eat eat this bowl of gruel. Be happy. The <laughs> oh, I know that laugh. That's Dudio. Zazarino's that dad's Dudio? still selling brains. Gonna, I'm going to say this. Watch, I'm going to predict, you watch Dudio's going to make up so much ground because he wants that album. It's going to be the <laughs> fake, the, you think, you think you hear, you think you heard fake laughs before? <laughs> Get ready. So listen, he laughed at that. He gave me the fake laugh on a thing. He'd probably be willing to go to the VIP and White Manor. Watch this. This is going to be a test of how badly Dudio wants the copy of the Sunshine and the Rain album. Hey, uh, uh, Dudio, why did the chicken cross the road to get to the other side? <laughs> and that laugh, oh, God, I'm going to throw up. And he even clapped and then did a sigh, like a, ah! like as if, oh, we're having so much fun here with jokes for three-year-olds. I might just have to, you know, I might have to smash one of them, the albums. Because, <laughs> look, no one smashed one yet. I'll be the first one to smash a copy. That's true. That way, when people say, who smashed it? Has anybody smashed a copy of the album? It'd be like, funny story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the record is out this week. It's a great album produced by John Spencer, Sunshine in the Rain. It's called In the... In the darkness of my night. In the darkness of my night. And what mm-hmm. song is that from, Silvio? It's from <laughs> Silvio, silver and gold. Mike likes that from, one. No, uh, it's Pat laughing. Girl from the North Country. That's the song where he's singing in that voice, right? <laughs> that's the one where he's singing like, "If you're traveling, yep, that's the to song to the North Country Fair." You know it, right? <laughs> yep, that's it. And then Johnny Cash is like. Bring it with me. We're not talking about the Johnny Cash version here. She once was a good friend. The The line is actually a true love of mine, but you know. Oh, (laughs) now you're not getting the album. Zimmerman's fan down. Yeah. Right. If you're traveling. Right. Remember that album when he started? (laughs) Oh, me, oh, my. Love that country pie. Well, that's a great record, but that's not how, where it was first released. Where was it first released? Quiz, pop quiz. This is this determines whether or not you're. I've already lost the record. Really? Why which we're trying to get them back. Mike, so we where can was sell it released? Free nice. That's Good correct. call. Yeah. He gets the record. All right. No. He, the he's back. in the lead okay, for the okay. record. We'll he's in the lead. Look, as soon as you handed them to me, you waived all claims to future distribution. <laughs> So, yeah, that album where he's like, I once had mother in the palm of my hand. She said she would only stay. But I was a fool. Right? But I was cruel. Mm-hmm. I treated her like a fool. I threw it all away. Yep. That's pretty beautiful. That's, I feel yeah. like I'm in the room with Bob right now. Yeah. <laughs> then one album later, he was doing the boxer. He clearly. That's right. 
got hit by lightning or something went wrong. Is that the one also about uh, Crazy Joe on there too, right? Is that the record? Oh, with the boxer on it? Crazy no? Joe. Yeah, right? Crazy Joe. What are you talking about? Yeah, I don't that's know. Crazy Joe? Crazy that's, Joe. That, that's that fifth Velvet Underground album, Crazy. That <laughs> <laughs> song, Stupid Joe. What's that album called? Squeeze? Um, you know, that he was a really good uh, gangster and he... Uh, Oh, Joey. You're talking about the song Joey. Yeah, yeah crazy. That's, that's not. That's albums. Like, yeah, that's yeah, albums. Oh, later. I'm sorry. <laughs> come on. Mike, what album is Joey on? Desire. That's Desire. right. Desire. I'm liking Mike, this. What's the worst Bob Dylan album? <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the one with the smeared paint on the cover. Yeah, that's self-portrait. That's no, no, no. That's I know what self-portrait <laughs> looks like. No, it's a smeared paint. Yeah. In the, the, the outline of Bob Dylan. Oh, I'm so mad at all of you. <laughs> no one gets this album. Watch this. I'm going to look for this Dylan album cover self-titled. No, not the first <laughs> album. It's the one where he's got the dumb hat on. <laughs> oh, I'm so mad at all. I'm clearing the house. Well, look. You're so, all out of here. Justin. Yes. Ashley. Ashley. Justin. Congratulations Thank on you. this album. We're going to hear something from it uh, at the end of the show. It's a great album. It's available this Friday, and you are friends of the show. And we will we will do more together throughout 2017. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Yeah, sounds fun. All the best to you in this album. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. All love right. you guys. Love the oh, show. I love you too. Mike. Mike. Get them out of here. <laughs> Mike. Get them out of here. Seriously, get them out of here. Yeah. Mike, this album, this one. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Oh, yeah, Tom knew what he was talking about the whole time. Get out! Sunshine of the Rain, get out! You're officially... Get out! (laughs) Knew what I was talking about. Oh, you mean the one with the hat? No, not the one with the hat. Hey, close the door! Sunshine of the Rain, leave the door open. Oh, this is bad. Thank you, Pat. You're back in the lead. Yeah, thank you. I know what I'm talking about. I tell you, man. Yeah, thanks. I look at uh, this uh, on uh, the Twitter. I see uh, Fred from Windsor Heights. It was Fred from Honolulu. It's actually Fred from Windsor Heights. Just uh, just wrote. Uh, he just sent me a picture of that Dylan album cover. Best show. Oh, hey Tom, how you doing? I'm well. To whom am I speaking? Uh, my name's Aaron, and I live in uh, San Francisco. Aaron, and, uh, what's up, Aaron? Yeah. How are you? No, I'm good. Um, you know, um, I was calling about the topic of unfinished business. Um, yes, unfinished business. Yeah. Um, so over the years, um, I've done a fair amount of uh, record cover art and animation and stuff for um, mostly underground stuff, but I did a lot of work for uh, some hip-hop stuff and whatnot. And um, in the late 90s, I was... Um, you know, this is before social media and stuff. Um, 
I would kind of look around the internet, you know, for maybe some, you know, freelance gigs that might like what I'm doing or, uh, you know, but I was also obsessed with basketball and I still am. So I was always looking up players and whatnot and seeing if they had websites and, you know, everything was still early. This is like, you know, 98, 99. Um, and, um, I came across an article about this player, John Amici. I don't know. Uh, he played for the Orlando Magic. Yes, he's time. a British basketball player, and he was also the first player to, I believe, to come out. That is, that is correct, uh, yes. Um, and he did later, you know, at the time, um, uh, you know, they were saying how much of a gentleman he was. And, you know, while the other guys would be you know, maybe hanging at the strip club, he'd be like at the opera or, you know, he was into fine wines and, art and all this stuff so uh you know and uh it was he was you know i used to uh, it was funny i used to try and email with these guys um uh you know even owners of teams executives of nba you know i you know when i was bored at work and you know in between doing whatever and uh anyway i somehow i got a bite back from amici and i was like uh hey you know i do artwork and whatnot and uh can i send you one of my prints and stuff and you know there was this was also there was no way of knowing if this was really him but it it seemed legit you know this was before the blue check of course and all and uh and you know i was really uh you know i was working a pretty drab job so this was kind of an exciting thing for me so i was feeling really good you know like hey you know i got a bite from an nba guy today you know and uh but then, uh, when it came down to actually sending it out, I, 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 uh, I felt really lame about it for some reason and I didn't actually do it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I feel like, uh, I, and then, you know, he made headlines years later with, you know, coming out and all that stuff. And so I wish I would have given him some. So that's my piece of unfinished right. business. You meant to send John Amici. Yes. A piece of artwork. Yes, that's correct. And yeah. what was it? What was it going to be? I don't know. You know, I had a variety of things. Um, I, I, it, it probably was, you know, I, you know, it was a, it was going to be a print of something, which at that time was probably like a color copy, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, uh, I, uh, I also, yeah, that was what it was going to be. So. Um, and, you know, I exchanged a couple emails with Pat Croce, the old owner of the 76ers, too. Do you remember him? Of course I do. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't get as far with him as far as the artwork, but he actually did. And it seemed like it was him, but, you know, I have these friends that shoot down everything I do. So, of course, I say, hey, I emailed with this guy. And I go, no, you didn't, you know. And, but I, I swear I think it was him, but... um Anyway, Amici, yeah. So that's my big regret, and I wish I could send them something now. Mm-hmm. Well. Yeah. Okay, well. I'm sure he's still yeah. out there and still accepting artwork. Well, yeah, that's true. And I just want to tell you, I saw your uh, Shot for Shot uh, remake of the uh, Amy Mann, the Till Tuesday oh, video. Jeepers, and I, yes. I do think you're one of the great video directors. I know, right? Though. One of the best. You are. Well, you know, and that's the funny thing. I, I saw also what I started looking into you. You did um, something for the Step Kids, if I'm Done not. Done a lot, bro. Did a Step Kids video. Done a lot of videos. Ted Leo, <laughs> Amy Mann, new pornographers, Step Kids, all of them. Real estate. Did them all, baby. Well, that that might be my connection 
to you then because uh, a lot of the artwork I originally did was for the label Stones Throw. Which yes, is, uh, name their most a, famous album you cover you did for Stones Throw. One of the great um, hip hop kind of It's kind of a cult classic one. It's called Come On Feet. It's a 12 inch It's single by, by Quasimodo. Quas- you need yeah. to tell me. Come on, feet. You know that record cover? Of course I do. Yeah, I that's love me, Lord Quaz. Yeah, um, it's kind of funny because I was just, uh, I was hanging out. That was when uh, Chris, you know, the label owner, was still here in San Francisco. Peanut Butter Wolf. Just, yeah, that's my boy. I just saw him about a week ago uh, uh, down in L.A. Uh, he, um, well, he, they were just mixing that record at his place, and I was hanging out, and I was doing that little painting, and they liked it, and they used it on that record, and mm-hmm. went out of print pretty quick. Yeah, well, so, okay, uh, well. But uh, I would, that's probably what I would have sent Amici, because it was probably the most well-known thing I had done, and I had oh. no idea that it was going to be oh. Or you can send it to us, either one, yeah. No. No? Uh, get off my phone. No. Ugh. Who just said no? Out there. Who said no out there? Who did that? Might go your way, might not go your way. Who said it? Dude, yeah. Well, I liked it. But you know what? Since you wouldn't own up to it, didn't count for anything. And there's the laugh. This crew. One, one, one's uh, seeing how many egg rolls he can fit in his mouth. Well, one, uh, one would laugh. I tell him I uh, the, the knocked the mirror off his car. <laughs> and Pat, Pat, Pat's all right. I got nothing bad to say about Pat. You're a good guy, Pat. Best show. Hey, uh, Tom? Yes, that's me. Hey, this is Kevin in Philly. What's up, Kevin? Uh, I have some unfinished business that I wanted to talk about. Let's hear about it. Okay, well, uh, a while ago, probably about 10 years ago, I was a very bad college student and never finished. And next week I am going back to school full-time. You're going I'm back really to nervous finish. and excited about it. So this is like a Rodney Dangerfield-type situation from that movie. Yes. yes. Remember that movie? Meet Wally yeah. Sparks. Um, I'm going to try and join the swim team or the diving team, Yeah, I think. I think it's great. How far away are you from uh, a degree? Uh, well, I guess it, it depends a little on how how much they decide they want to keep from it's been a long time so i don't think that most of the classes that i took are really worth anything anymore mm-hmm. so it might be a long journey ahead now yeah comp you serving you right <laughs> yeah right y2k what to do <laughs> some of the classes they you just took, change right? some digits around and yeah. Yeah. Poof. yeah introduction to the star wars kid <laughs> right these classes are very dated you took back then. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, it was like classes about, like, uh, like post, uh, like post second wave emo stuff. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about Jimmy World, right? Yeah, I wrote, I wrote a lot of essays about 
about uh, that Bleed American album, I think. All right, now, you, I, look, I don't actually listen to that stuff. <laughs> Get off my phone. I mean that in all the nicest possible way. And best of luck to you in your upcoming studies. First things first. Unfinished business. Well, no. First things first. We got the Best Show Patreon going. It's at patreon.com slash thebestshow. That's how the show makes money now. Not through ads. Through this Patreon, which is a listener support site. You give what you can. You give a dollar a month. We love it. It helps us so much. Thank you so much. There are different tiers of what you can give, and you get things back. And go to patreon.com slash thebestshow. Now, I want to do a uh, an exclusive uh, Patreon content tonight. Would you guys be up for that out there? I want to do a show called Lights Out. We're all going to be in the studio, and then we're going to shut the lights out. There'll be the four of us in complete darkness. What do you think about that? Mike likes it. Right? Mike, you're back in the lead for this album. Studio loves it. All right, you're back in the lead. I'm saying there's one album that's going to Pat. I think Pat's in the. Pat's got one locked up. Although Pat probably has one from the band already. He has one. So Pat is being sneaky. He's, he's being a, a pig. He's trying to, he wanted one so he could flip one and when he goes to the record store. What do you give me for this? Right? He'll go in with a sealed copy of the record. What do you give me for this? Store credit? Sick. And getting sicker. So you go to patreon.com slash the best show. You support the show. We, uh, we're doing well there. I'd love to get to 3,000, uh, 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 patrons. We're at 2,700, I believe. Love to get more people, uh, on board supporting the show. Vulture Fest is coming up. Is the best show a part of Vulture Fest? Of course not. We don't get asked to do things like that. Why would we? Vulture's end of year podcast thing never lists the show. Why would it? There's too many shows about not being able to find a guy who's not hiding. Right? The Richard Simmons thing. He wasn't hiding. That's the whole thing. He just wants to be left alone a little bit. From, oh, I don't know, people who would, people in his life who would do a podcast about why he can't be found for money the second he doesn't talk to them? Yeah, you might not want those people around anyway. Maybe Richard Simmons was like, yeah, uh, you know who I don't want to hang out with? The type of person who's ingrained himself into my life, who the second I stop talking to him will, tr- who will monetize me not talking to him. No, Vulture's got to write about that all all the live long day. They also should write something about Lena Dunham over there. I don't know if they can, if there's any angle to write anything about. They, uh, right? I think they have a thing that's like Control L and it, and they, it just Lena Dunham pops up on the Vulture computers. You don't write for Vulture, do you? No, okay. Good. I won't, if you did, I wouldn't care throw you out also. 
Just like I threw Sunshine Lorraine out. You mean the one with the hat? No, not the one with the hat. I know what I'm talking about. You think I know this Bob Dylan stuff? I know. I've forgotten more about Bob Dylan than any of you people. Right? Right, Mike? Infidels. Right? Silvio. Right? Pack up the plantation. That's Tom Petty. Knocked out loaded. They killed him. Written by, co-written by, Chris Christopherson. The master. Broken down in Baton Rouge. Bobby played the blues. That's my guy. I think KV's going to come back soon. And I think he might bring a friend with him next time. Steve Gunn. I'm going to start a Philadelphia supergroup, the Traveling Philberries. What do you think about that? KV, Steve Gunn, Rodney Anonymous, uh, Eric, Rob Hyman, the, the, yeah, the brothers from Marah, a Philadelphia Traveling Wilburys, Traveling Philberries. All right. Well, and now I have nothing to talk about when Kurt's here. Burn that idea now, three weeks early. Yeah, so I have nothing to do with Vulture, but I will be a part of Vulture Fest because Hollywood Handbook is doing a show at Vulture Fest, and I believe I will be a guest at it or slash on it. Oh, wait, I wasn't supposed to talk about that. Whoops. I'm really blowing it with these guys. Last week I revealed that Hayes and Sean were joining Saturday Night Live. And I was not supposed to, and I just did it again. And now this week I'm revealing that they're going to be at Vulture Fest and I'm going to be the guest for the live Hollywood handbook. And also Nick Gazin, by the way, the show he's doing with his sister Penelope is, uh, is at the beep, boop, beep, boop, super chief. In Flushing, 18, 1628 Jefferson Avenue. Go to Nick's uh, site or Penelope Gazin's site, and they, they, they'll, they've got info up there. I'm going to check it out before it closes. It's running for most of March. Go find out about it. So this roughneck thing, this uh, this company, I get all these tweets the other night. The MTV Movie Awards are on. God knows if anybody watches this thing. Now they fit TV into, it's a MTV movie and TV award. What's, what's next? We're going to fit a plumber's convention into it next, right? Get some views. And people are like, they're sending pictures of Miley Cyrus's sister is wearing an outfit that has a logo. It says roughneck in exactly the best show logo. Yeah. And look, best show logo has, there's some predecessors to that, uh, design, uh, and Jeff T. Owens did the Best Show logo, and he's a talented guy. You go to MyMetalHand.com to check out Jeff's stuff and buy stuff from Jeff. He's a, he's a brilliant artist. He's got all kinds of great stuff up there. He's done all this Best Show art since we've come back. I love him. So, absolute brilliant artist. And Jeff was like, yeah, that's definitely our, uh, the Best Show logo. 
like, yeah, we, we took in, inspiration from the Power Man and Iron Fist, uh, logo from the seventies, but they took a thing literally from something that's around right now. You, what else is new? It's this, it's outfit covered in, in best show logos, but it says rough where it said best and neck where it says show. What else is new? Google steals. Come on y'all. It's time to have fun. Roughneck takes this. I tell you, I take something back from Roughneck. They, the ugliest logos I ever saw in my life. I looked at their thing. And yeah, the, uh, Cyrus family, not much problem with appropriation over there with them. Doesn't seem to be, uh, much of an issue for the Cyrus clan. No problem taking what isn't theirs. Jeff's deal, not mine. Jeff's the artist. I'm not. So I support I support Jeff. MyMetalHand.com. So unfinished business. I'll talk about a little bit of my unfinished business. And what made me think about this? Well, I'll tell you. That's why here I talk on the show. That's what we do. I'm reading this book, The Count of Monte Cristo. And I've been reading it, seems like, for half my life at this point. I've stopped and started so many times with this book throughout my life. I'd read uh, 50 pages, not get back to it, have no idea what was going on, and eh, I'll pick it back up later. I, I cannot tell you how many times I've stopped and started reading this book over the years. Now I'm reading it, and this time I would miss it for a week, and I'd be like, no, I'm digging back in and reread the chapter or two that I miss, go back, and I'm Plowing at him like almost 900 pages into this stupid thing. It's 1,250 pages long. And it's great. I love it. But you know what? I want it to end. I want to get out of the world of this, of this show, or this show, movie, book, whatever. It's a book. Not a movie or a show. And I love it. It's taking me so long. But that's that thing, that unfinished book. There's so many books I quit. Uh, Don Quixote. How many times did I start that and then put it back down? Boy, oh boy. All these screen, you start a screenplay, you don't finish it. I started, oh, I'm going to watch all the episodes of uh, uh, Friday Night Lights. Meh, okay. Boop, there it goes. Forget him. The show with What's-His-Face Justified. Started watching, didn't finish that run. Oh, brother, man. So, yeah, so it's, sometimes it's all right to quit a thing. But sometimes you you, you quit too early. And like when you're, when I'm writing something and quit, that's the part that, that, uh, is a bummer because it's not about ideas. Ideas are cheap. They really are. Execution is everything. Ideas come, uh, I, I, I couldn't write all the ideas I would have. It would, it's impossible. It's all in the execution. And the things you leave behind, you don't finish. Sometimes it's all right. Sometimes, though, 
You're selling yourself short by leaving some of these things uh, unfinished. So what are things you've done and not finished? Unfinished business in your life? Let's talk about it. Best show. Hey, Tom, it's Pat from Philly. Pat from Philly. And uh, I wasn't going to do this, but it's unfinished business. And I called a couple weeks ago about Gallagher. Yeah. And I was the guy that saw him, you know, the kid missing, called him a loser. When you were a child, yes. No, the, then the child guy called the next week. Wait, so you saw Gallagher when now? I saw Gallagher in like 2001. I was 21. Uh-huh. And I saw I saw the kids on stage, and I saw the kid miss, and then Gallagher called him a loser and said he's going to be the loser for life. Mm-hmm. And then the next week, a guy called and said that I was that kid. Oh, okay. I gotcha. So I'm trying to put it together for him, and I saw Gallagher at the Keswick Theater. Are you familiar? No, I'm not. It's outside of Philly. I think Dodo plays there every other week. Who plays there every other week? Toto. You think Toto play there every other week? I think so. I'm going to say, uh, you are you exaggerating a, l- a little bit about Toto playing there every other week? Toto right or, now. you know... Um, I was reading, this Prague, I was reading the, one of the latest issues of Prague magazine. There's an article. Oh. How Prague okay. are Toto? What? Okay. Really? You're going to write a How Prague are Toto? What's wrong? You guys couldn't... <laughs> Write another article about, uh, about Tarkus. So, go ahead. So, um, my unfinished business is I wanted to tell him it was at the Keswick Theater. I'm not sure if he's that, is that kid. But one thing I didn't get to tell you is that when he came out, the music that he came out to in 2001 was my prerogative by Bobby Brown. Okay. And he came out down the aisle and he had a penguin. And the penguin shot water out of it, like high volume water. And he hosed, and he was hosing down the crowd, but then he stopped on one guy, and at point blank range, he was just hosing this guy down to an uncomfortable level. Mm-hmm. And the guy really wanted him to stop, but Gallagher wouldn't. And, uh, so Gallagher's hosing him down with this penguin, and then, uh, my prerogative's playing. And I guess that was my unfinished business, Tom, that I needed to tell you that. Well, Mission accomplished, my friend. You did it. And Best show. Hey, this is Eric in Occidental, California. A lot of dudes tonight. High dude quotient tonight. And there's nothing against you, Eric. I gotcha. What's up, Eric? Hey, well, I was calling about a graphic novel that I worked on for eight months and then just sort of abandoned. Okay. How far into it did you get? Um, I would say, like, in terms of total pages I did, like, ten. Other than that, it was just, like, a lot of developing a lot of the imagery and stuff. Also, I was doing it at a time where I was drinking a bunch, and so I think I did a lot more talking about it than working on it, and ultimately I'd sort of, like, spent all my energy on the comic book just talking about it. Yeah, it's a problem, my friend. Don't talk about these things. Just do them. I meet these people. They're like, yeah, and then I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do that. They're telling you everything. But you know what's happening to them? They're getting the same chemical reaction they get from doing the thing. If they drop the finished thing in front of you, 
they get the same thrill from just talking about it, then they don't need to do it. Amen. That is what happened to me for sure. Just sitting around at a bar telling everybody, like, oh, I'm doing all this thing, and I just wake up all hungover. You blew it, you Don't do any work all day. Hey, blabbermouth, you blew it. Sorry. Do you want to pick it back up? Do you want, do you feel haunted that this thing's not done? Um, I have mixed feelings. When I look at the drawings I did for it, it seems like it's very silly, but silly's not bad necessarily. Well, listen to me, uh, Jocko. Uh, if if you're not haunted by it, are you haunted by not finishing a graphic novel regardless of what it is? A graphic novel. Like, did you feel like, man, I thought I would have a graphic novel out? Absolutely. Yeah, so you're haunted by that. Maybe yes. the one you were working on wasn't the one. So this is what I say you do, Chief. Copy. Where do you do your thing? What do you do? Do you do it in a notebook? What do you got? Uh, I got a, I'm like in a barn out here. I have like a big studio space with a desk. Yeah, okay, no, but you do it in a notebook. You write the stuff, and you don't write the stuff on the barn wall. Where do you write, where do you make your notes and plot the paper usually, like, uh, uh, anything like, uh, 24 by 18 usually. But how do you start the initial thing? Is it like notes? Or is it handwritten? You're writing the stuff out? Uh, it's kind of like a combination of like little pictures and, and, uh, a lot of story just written in between them. There's what you do. And you're gonna do this, cause you wanna do it, cause you're gonna be haunted for the rest of your life if you don't do it. You go. I'm sure you're one of these guys who buys notebooks all the time, but the, you write two pages in one and you throw it in the pile. Then you go get another notebook instead of filling out the rest of that notebook, right? Am I wrong? No, I hold on to them forever. This is what you do. You walk over. I know you, I'm sure you've got an empty notebook, right? Sure. You take that notebook, you write on the cover of it. You write 2017 project. And you don't tell them it's between you and that notebook now. Those are the only two people who know about it. You and the notebook. And you write it in the notebook. You don't tell anyone about it. You work and you fill that notebook up. Then you drop this thing on all of our heads. <laughs> right? Wouldn't that, wouldn't picture that day. Wouldn't that be a great day? Oh yeah, like just out of nowhere. Like I threw a smoke bomb and came in out of the book. Yeah. Well, well, first of all, what is that? A cat? Oh, uh, that's a, or a um, macaw? peacock. A peacock? Yeah, there's a, our neighbor has one. It just kind of runs around wild. Okay. That sounds very cute, actually. So, Eric, why don't you do that? Why don't you, why don't you plot it out? Why don't you stick up for yourself creatively? For once in your life, stop blab- blabbing. Stop showing off at the when you're out. Then, the, then this is what happens. Then that happens. Then this other thing happens. Then that happens. And then you're all satisfied. You don't need to do it because you did it in front of everybody. Everybody goes, oh, 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 that sounds great. You don't tell a soul about this thing. What do you think about that? I think the secret 2017 oh, plan notebook is uh, the way to go. Right. Thank you so much for your advice. And now, the only contingent, uh, the only qualification on this is, when you write that dedicated to line, right? Mm-hmm. What's it gonna say? apmike.bandcamp.com. Oh, well, God, I almost curse. I, that was as close as I've come to cursing 
Mother. I, I almost cursed again, even after that guy. He got me. Best show. Hi. Tom? Yes, that's me. How you doing? I'm this well. is uh, Chris uh, from Burke Burnett, Texas. Chris from what the what? From Burke Burnett, Texas. Burke Burnett, Texas? Yeah. What's that? It's a middle of nowhere. Okay. What's going on, Chris? Not much. I was uh, practicing my bass a little bit. Sorry. Practicing your bass. What are you playing? Boom, 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 and what you give oh, us, what you, you get. So, what's your favorite song to play on bass? Um, uh, Amnesia, Pulling Teeth. What? Metallica. Yeah, okay, they suck. Stuff I kill them all. They solo take one. Metallica's not very good, right? <laughs> no, there's a couple albums are yeah, good. That was like 30 years ago. Right? <laughs> Had one yeah. hot streak and then a cold streak that's lasted twenty eight years. The Beatles only had one hot streak. Yeah, how long did that last? Ten years. <laughs> did they have a cold streak? No. That's true. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> so what? What? What can I do for you, Chief? Well, I uh, I just finished reading this book. Uh, Please kill me. By, yes, uh, like, the oral history of punk rock. Yeah, it's really, really good. Uh-huh. And uh, I got I can't decide what to pick next. And I was, uh, had four books, and I was hoping you could help me pick. Okay, what are the four books? I got uh, Miles Davis Autobiography. Right? <laughs> I got uh, Trouble Boys. Ah, The Replacements book. Uh-huh. Yeah. I wonder if that book uh will get lost. Right? <laughs> you might lose that book because it, it uh apparently the book gets confused mm-hmm. and goes home. I tell you. This, first of all, the replacements book is fantastic. Bob Mayer is a friend of mine. He wrote it. Mm-hmm. It's a great book. But I think back to when this Tommy Stinson was supposed to be on the show. And my blood starts to boil. I tell you, what a waste of a night. That's when all this bad stuff started for me. I say it's not. It started earlier than that. That was a signpost. That was a gas station that you pull into that has no restroom along the bad road. So go ahead. What other books? Oh, I also have a... To go to the non-fiction, or the fiction, you get to The Man in the High Castle. Yes. Starring and, uh, Hitler! Uh-huh. <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. Main what, character, right? What's the fourth book? Breakfast the Champions. The Master. Kurt Vonnegut. The Master, Kurt Vonnegut. This is I, the order. I've actually, uh, I've never had a, heard of him, actually, and this is 
book's got an interesting story, but uh, I figured I heard you talking about it on another show, so it piqued my interest. All right. All right, this is what it. you're going to do. This is what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. You're going to read one of the fiction books first. Good. Which one do you want to read first? Well, the man in the high castle, I guess. Read that first. Then Trouble Boys. Okay. Then Breakfast of Champions. Then the Miles Davis book. Cool. That's perfect. And you're going to finish all of them, right? Yes, definitely. Great. Goodbye. Best show. Hi, Tom. How you doing? Oh, I'm well. To whom am I speaking? This is uh, Nolan in Arizona. What's up, Nolan? Oh, not too much. I just uh, had, I was calling in for the topic for unfinished business. Yes. What unfinished business do you have? Well, I was, I was poking around on, I, I remembered my old blog that I made when I was in high school, like 10 years ago. And, uh, I found out I had outlined three seasons of, uh, of a sitcom that I, that I, I made, which is, you know, it was, it's kind of lame, I guess, cause it was, you know, me and all my friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about, uh, uh, like writing a, an episode of it just to, then do it. Just to do it. Yeah. Yeah, you, you think I should? Yeah, well, is the is the thing a viable idea, or is it a, a, a wacky idea that you and your friends are laughing about? No, it was, uh, no, my, I didn't even ever show it to my friends. It was just like a, I, I like, I always really loved, well, I guess I really just love news radio, but in high school I always said I really loved. Created by, say it. Uh, is it Paul Sims? It is Paul Sims. Yeah, that's uh, the only only time Joe Rogan's ever been funny. Well, I don't know about um, that. You know, see that no. video where he was uh, swinging the kettlebells around? That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Pretty I went good. to watch that kettlebell video, and it was gone. Can you believe that? Oh. Hey, he, uh, he, it's got to be somewhere on the Internet, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Even if you got ashamed. The specific one I liked was taken down due to copyright things. So, so go ahead. So you you want to know if you should write this thing? Do you think it's a real idea? Do you feel it's a viable thing? I I, I think it could be. I, I do it. It'd it be. Yeah. It. Okay. Do it. I will do it then. Do it. I will. If you think it's garbage, figure another thing out. But if you think <laughs> this is the one, do it. Give me a hint okay. what it's about. Give me a hint what it's about. Well, it, I I always like. Um, one of my favorite parts of sitcoms is when they kind of get a little bit more serious because I, I just feel like when you have people that are always funny and then you have the emotional stuff, it, it hits even if it's sometimes kind of easy, I guess, or not uh, not super heady. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I, I uh, so it, my idea was just that it was kind of a little bit more of like a, a soap opera sit, sitcom mix where there's kind of like that, that almost unrealistic level of drama sometimes with uh, with... But, you know, most of the time, laugh track and multicam and all that kind of stuff. Well, I think at least you have to put it on paper and see what it looks like. Okay. I'm going to do it then. Thanks, bro. I'm going to thank you. Thank me. Right? You should thank me, right, Mike? Right? All right, you're back in the lead. You're back in the lead, Mike. Mike. You're back in the lead. You're back in the lead, Mike. 20-year-old Frankie 
He's married, he's got a kid. And he's working in a factory. He's working from seven to five. He's just trying to survive. Let's hear for Frankie. Frankie, Frankie. But Frankie can't make it. I want to get it. Do you want to need it? I'm going to have it. Who's going to have to your lady needs to get it? You're going to give it. I need it in the morning. I need it in the evening. I got to get it when I'm on a picnic. And there it is. You know you want to give it up? You got to give it up. Mother chip control in readiness. Sonic assassins cleared for space flight. Countdown starting now. 30. Countdown started. All units prepare for activation. 25. Production androids activated. Now. The tape is rolling. The red orb is glowing. 20. Audience receptor units activated. Now. 15. Music distribution equipment activated. Now. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, All units three, activated. Two, Countdown one. terminating. Countdown complete. All units functioning. Movement commencing. We have liftoff. What's up, Mike? Hey, Mike, I'm shocked you didn't bring your Yankee wool cap. I don't own a, I don't own a Yankee wool cap. Sorry. Come on, you don't? No, I don't wear caps, so I don't wear hats. But that's oh no, I remember, I remember in '76 you had one on. No, you don't remember that, Mike, because I did not. I, I, I don't, I don't wear one. Sorry. So you know, you probably, uh, you weren't there in '76. So what are you talking about? Uh, hey, Mike, I have a question about Murphy. You've got to admit what this guy's doing in, in the playoffs is everything a guy like Rick Nash can't do. And by the way, Mickey Mantle... What does Rick Nash have to do with, with, with oh. Daniel Murphy? I mean, come on now. Admit, but would you admit that Mickey Mantle was one of the most overrated players during the regular season? Mike. But he wasn't in the playoffs. Mike, Mike. I think, you know what, Mike, you know what? I think you've called too much. I think, you know, for a while, let's take a rest. Okay. I think you've called too much. Now you just want to try it. I'm lifting these 
thinking about combat. I'm literally thinking about fighting for my life. I put myself in a state right before I'm going to work out. Chalk it up. I'm about to get an intense workout in. I really feel like, like I'm about to do battle. I get my head in place.
And Sass Gorilla, the singing gorilla, will be there performing. So definitely check it out. Regular Guys Spectacular Friday, October 27th. More info, 96rock.com. Uh, every day, they're going to give away a copy of CSI New York Season 2 on DVD with the man, the myth, the legend, Gary Sinise. So listen for that. They were out riding through the South Alabama foothills one day and they got a little bit thirsty. They pulled behind this old abandoned farmhouse. Bernard was driving, he hopped out, he ran over to this old pump and he grabbed the handle and he started the pump. Now, just as a matter of curiosity... How many of you good folks up here in the big city have ever used one of these old water pumps? Hey, that's fantastic. Okay. Well, it was hot. It was August. And old Bernard wanted to drink of water. And after he'd been pumping a couple of minutes, he said, Jimmy, better get that old bucket over there and dip some water out of that creek. We're going to have to prime the pump. Well, old Bernard wanted that drink of water. I mean, it gets hot in South Alabama, and he was just pumping away and pumping away, you know. And I'll tell you, that sweat was beginning to come off of him. And he said, you know, Jimmy, I just don't believe it's in the water down there. Isn't it true that the things in life that have value that you got to do some pumping for? Well, overnight, man, he wanted that drink of water. I mean, by then, he was really working up a sweat. But, you know, there's always that question, just how much pumping are you willing to do just for a drink of water? And finally, old Bernard just threw up his hand. He said, I'm going to kill you! Tell me the name of my DJ. One, two, three. Jason Gore in with you until 6 a.m. So if there's anything I can do for you on this Saturday morning, 404-741-9696. We'll do some 38 special coming up. After this, we are back with Steppenwolf right here on 96 Rock. Jason, we're going to be in here with you for a couple of hours, and at 9 o'clock tonight, from 9 until midnight, three hours of some of the deepest classic rock you've ever heard on the radio. In fact, some of it you may have never heard on the radio. English Nick gives you the vinyl vineyard from 9 until midnight tonight. You can hear it 24 hours a day, 7 days a week on our HP. Nothing means nothing. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? 
You're going to love this. Just love it. There's no earthly way of knowing <laughs> to see which direction we are going. There's no knowing where we're rowing or which way the river's flowing. Is it raining? Is it snowing? Is a hurricane a-blowing? Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. By the fires of hell a-blowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes! The danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing. And they're certainly not showing any signs that they are
that Mike yeah I know right yeah soak that in Mike soak it in mamacita that's right sound collage ended with a tribute to the late great Falco pour some out for Falco would you Mike God, now you're not getting the album. Do a few more minutes of the show, then we're going to need your calls. This is what I want people to call. We're going to do a new show called Lights Out. It's going to be me, Mike, Studio, Pat. We're going to shut all the lights out in the studio. I want you to call with your scary calls. Be spooky. It's not gonna, this will go up on the Patreon as some bonus stuff. 
we'll do that. Uh, but we're going to do it after the show. I'll tweet out when we're doing it. But call the call with spooky calls. Let's finish these calls and then we will get back. Hello. To the final part portion of the show and then we'll, uh, say goodnight. Best show. Hello. Hello. Hello, Tom. Hi. Oh, I know who this is. Can you hear me? I can, yes. Okay, my phone is odd. Your phone is odd. This is Dave from Knoxville. It is Dave from Knoxville. How are you? I am, I'm privileged and honored that you remembered. Of course I did. I'm doing great. How could things be better? Right? Yeah. So what's going on uh, tonight, buddy? How are you? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm flying blind. I, I couldn't get the um, show to come on for some reason tonight. So uh, I'm not on topic or anything. Don't worry. You don't have to be on topic. Okay. I, you well, just call and you tell me how you're doing. That's what I want to hear from you. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Good. Um, I, I have one short question and, and, and one scenario if there's time. Yeah. there For you, there is, yes. Well, first is, you know, you've spent more time studying the Beatles than I have. I think you've read more books and uh, things like that. And I, I think, like me, George Harrison is probably in your top two. He, he's my personal favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably Ringo then George. Yeah, I would say that's my top two. Um, can you hear me? I'm sorry. I can. Phone. I can hear you, buddy. You're good. Well, I, just, I just switched you to speaker because I could not hear you. Okay. Um, so, The Way of Darkness, one of the greatest songs ever written. Yes, it is. What is it, what is it from another song, Why Are We So Afraid of Birth? Why Are We Afraid of Birth? Keep Me Free from Birth. Do you know what that means? In uh, give me, give me, give me something. Give me hope. Give me love. He says, it may hurt you. It may hit you. It may hurt you. Right? Leave your sore and something more. That is not what you are here for. Right? Right. Watch out now. Remember when Leon Russell did that song at the concerts for, uh, for, uh, Bangladesh? He sat through it three times in one day. He did. He was like, watch out now. Right? Because he <laughs> had that different voice. And then remember when Leon Redbone was like, watch out now. Be careful with the story weather. Beware of darkness. Leon Redbone. What is that? How did that fly? That's when people in the 70s thought they were like, oh, I like those dirty old blues. Because Robert Crumb drew naked ladies that they like to stare at. So then a dude like Leon Redbone slipped through the crack. Did you see the Crumb movie? I did. You just sent my brain racing through a thousand terrifying thoughts. We're actually doing a remake, a live action fiction version of the Crumb movie. Mike, I'm not talking to you talking about you. Mike, I was not talking to you. I was about to make fun of you. Please, Mamacita. <laughs> know your place, Mamacita. 
I don't want to have to throw anything at you. Mamacita. So, Mike is going to play all three Crumb Brothers. Split style. <laughs> I recommend the movie Split to you, Mike. A movie I have not seen. But I'd like you to watch it as a reference point for how we're going to approach this remake. It's going to... You know what's crazy, uh, Dave from Knoxville? Look, first of all, I don't know the George Harrison thing. I need to look at the lyrics for this, for uh, Beware so, of Darkness. That's the wrong song. It's a different song. I was just commenting, Beware of Darkness, great song. The song is something like, Give me hope, give me love, give me peace on earth. Oh, you're thinking of Yes. Yeah, that song. <laughs> okay. That's I just always one. wanted to sing on the air, so I know I've got that out of the way. That's the one where he's like, Keep me free from, right? What is it? Keep me free yeah. from? Keep me free from birth. Give me hope. Help me cope with my heavy load. That one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good song. Okay. And, uh. I that. Yeah, so what, what, uh. Yeah, so with the, with this crumb thing, right? Yeah. There's this movie Split, which is this M. Night Shyamalan movie. And he announced that this movie is going to also be in... You remember that movie Unbreakable he did about the yeah. football player, Vince Papali? <laughs> the great Vince Papali. And that's unbeatable. Which one is that? Yeah. Which one's on the, yeah. Vin, the one where Mark Wahlberg was Vince Papali? Remember that movie? Think about the wind. He was the one who's just like, like he was like the, the guy who just came off the street and started playing for the, for the, for the team. He, um, he, uh, well, he said for this Unbreakable, which had, uh, Bruce Willis was a superhero, and then, uh, uh, the Sam, Samuel L. Jackson was the villain in it. He announced that he's doing a sequel to that movie finally, and it's going to be a sequel to both Unbreakable and Split. It's crazy. It's a double sequel. That's the greatest idea I ever heard. It is. Right? Yeah. How's your kid, Dave? How's how's uh, kids, Andy? Kids are great. Kids are doing really great. Everything's good. Um, how's the math? I, how's math? One suggestion is, is two plus two still like, four? What's that? Is two plus two still four? Yes, sir. Uh, at least in Tennessee. So, what was the suggestion you wanted to make? Okay, so um, uh, very quick setup. Do you remember the game, the uh, movie War Game? Do I ever? Would you like to play a game? Remember that? Right. And and as the movie progressed, the the kids went out and found this famous computer guy that was living in seclusion. In the woods, he was played by John Wood. That ring a bell for you? Played by who now? His name. He was played by John Wood. He was like an old computer the basketball guru. coach. Not the guy who coached UCLA. No, 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 no. That's John Wooden. That's John Wooden. Yeah, yes. this is John Wood. Yes, John Wood. Anyway, here's my idea. Mm-hmm. I suspect Avalanche Bob may yeah. be famous. That he, he may be, be some 60s, early 70s famous rock dude 
who kind of went into seclusion for years. You don't think he's Jim Dandy from Black Oak, Arkansas, do you? Yeah, you read my mind. I've actually gone through so many scenarios, but I did write Jim Dandy down at one point. Now, well, who was he rescuing, Jim Dandy? Right? I don't know who, who he could be. Could have been rescued. Trying to remember the verse. He might have been trying to uh, rescue that Ruby Star woman. Is that another Black Oak, Arkansas song? No, no, that, that's the woman that sang in that Jim Dandy to the Rescue song that went, Go, Jim Dandy, go! I forgot about that. I forgot. Ruby what now? Ruby Star. Ruby Star. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. my first ever rock concert. It was Black Oak, Arkansas. Gentle Giant opened for Black Oak, Arkansas. That's a great combo. Who was supposed to open for Black Sabbath. But but Ozzy was sick, and they came out, and they said, but don't worry about it. He was sick. Black Oak, Arkansas has agreed yeah. to play. What, what did he have, a stomach set. ache? I like the idea. Ozzy's sick tonight. Yeah, what, what's he have, an earache? <laughs> right? How would you yeah. know? No, it, means there's, it means there's no cocaine left in this state. Ozzy's sick. So, so Black Oak had apparently a tight 45-minute. Mm-hmm. So for us, they played for 105 minutes. So you got a loose 105. Yeah. 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 Oh, Dave. Congratulations yeah. on all your success, Tom. Oh, thank you, Just sweetheart. To check in. You know I love, love you, buddy. You. Love you guys back. Oh, you have a great night. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Good guy. Good guy. Best show. Hi, Tom. How's it going? Oh, it's going. To whom am I speaking? You're speaking with... Uh... Toronto Sex Dwarf. Oh, my God. It's Toronto Sex Dwarf Alex. Now, for people who don't know, this is a guy north of the border. He He's one of these uh, perverts north of the border who uh, he he was he was breaking up with a young woman. And in a, and when I say pervert, I don't mean in terms of what what he does to get his jollies uh, in the boudoir. I mean, he's he's mentally uh, he's he's a, a sick He's got a sick, but diseased mind. It's he—he he was breaking up with a young woman, and what did he do? He arranged with the the restaurant that he was breaking up with her. When he gave the signal, they played "Sex Dwarf." Isn't it nice? Luring disco dollies to a life of vice, right? He that "Sex Dwarf" by Soft Cell played as soon as. He started, he dropped the hammer saying he was, uh, he was, uh, taking his, uh, kit bag and hitting the road. So what's up, buddy? Well, not much. It's just been a while. I thought I would call and say hello. Yeah. yeah like the, like what you called said, like Incubus said, it's been a while. Was that Incubus? You like them. Um, no, I want to say that Nickelback actually. It's not Hometown Nickelback. Heroes. It's not Nickelback. Calm down. Um, how can we never use the uh, sex dwarf in the sound closet? I feel like it would really fit in there. Yeah, I'll just use Tainted Love uh, tonight for about 15 minutes. No, I heard that part of that note, but I was just like, oh, come on. This is, cl- this is come crying on, up yeah. for some sex dwarf. Oh, hold on a second. Just had I just had six versions of Tainted Love going side by side, and you're just like, well, come on, where's sex dwarf? Get off my phone. And who's this? Is this good, Mike? Yeah, okay. Best show, hi. 
Good evening, Tom. How are you doing? I'm good. To whom am I speaking? You're speaking to Caroline in Brooklyn. Caroline in Brooklyn, what's up? No more calls, Mike. We're gonna we're gonna do this, and then we're gonna do uh, lights out. Well, this is such an honor. Yes, final call of the show. Final wow. call of the show. Uh, I have one for the topic. I'd love to hear it, Caroline. So it's an anecdote about unfinished business. That's also an anecdote about the first time I ever called into the best show. Mm, now I'm intrigued. Ooh. I was uh, I was driving back from a very taxing film shoot that I was doing with a friend of mine. We were making a movie together. It was my first film. We were in her minivan. Wait, are you a movie star? I'm not a movie star. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. I just was hoping I uh, found a stray movie star just calling the show. So, what is this movie? Were yep. you what 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 was your role in this movie? I wrote this movie with my friend, and I directed her. Wait, are you as a famous actress in it? Are you a famous movie writer? Not yet. But you made this movie. That's awesome. Thank you. Is the movie good? And when, it, well, we're going to get to that part. Okay. It's relevant to the topic. So you made the movie. <laughs> yeah, with your uh, friend. We were com- yeah, we were coming off a long day of shooting, and we were in her minivan. And I said, you know, it would make me feel great after this arduous day is popping on the best show. And she said, mm, I guess so. Oh, she was not a fan at the time. I'm not nuts about this friend of yours. Mm, I guess so. Well, we're not very close anymore. Yeah. <laughs> for obvious well, reasons. Now and now this movie might have turned out. It's not yeah, a, exactly. It's not, it's not a good, <laughs> this is not a good sign of how the movie ended. No, it is not, but it is relevant. So let's say so you're making the, you put on the best show. We put on the best show. And I thought, you know what? I'm riding high today. You know, we had a, a big day. I got a lot done. I'm going to try to call in. How many pages? And I did. did. You, how many pages did you knock off that day? Oh God, I, I don't remember. Maybe like five. It's good. It's a pretty good day. How many yeah. setups? How many setups did you get done? Shucks, I don't remember. I think uh, they were. I mean, it, it was a really rudimentary movie, so there couldn't have been that many. Maybe like two or three for each scene. Okay. So fifteen. Did this movie take place, uh, what was it, a comedy or a drama? Kind of, yeah. It was a kind of a comedy drama about uh, a couple of cat burglars. A couple of cat burglars. Have I seen this movie? No, you haven't. Is it The Hot You're... Rock? <laughs> no, I wish. It's not The Hot Rock. It, it was trying to be and then wasn't at all. Mm. But you were oh. very encouraging about the film and, of course, in unfinished business fashion, you know, we shot this thing, I cut it together, but I never did any post-production on it because as soon as I was done editing it, I thought, you know what, I can do better. I'm going to save my pennies for something a little bit more, okay. a little bit more interesting. But I'm glad I called into the show because, you know, who knows? I'd still be wasting my time on this junk movie. So what are you doing next? What are you going to do in lieu of uh, that movie? Well, I made another movie in the in the interim. Is that movie good? It's okay. Is that movie about cat burglars also? No, it's not about cat burglars. But it is about uh, dilettantes and degenerates. Mm. Would I like it? Um, you might. I don't know. You like kind of like um new new Hollywood stuff, right? Like not new today, but that era. 
I like movies. I like them all. Name a movie that you that you, this movie is influence that influenced this movie. Um, Eating Raoul. Ah, uh, yes, Paul Bartel movie. Paul Bartel and Mary Warnoff. Oh, an amazing actress. So great. So. And great in the video for Institutionalized as well. Yes, and great in what movie? You can say it. Rock and Roll High School. That's right. Another Paul Bartel joint. Yes. Well, Alan Arkish directed Rock and Roll High School. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, no, I'm getting that mixed up with, um, what was the other one he did? Death Race? Two, yes. The Death uh, Race yes. 3000? Yes, exactly. So. Man, you really know your stuff. I'm not just into New Hollywood. Like, I'm just going to talk about box office gross or talk about... uh Easy Riders, Raging Bulls. That's not, that's not the only kind of movie you like. You got to realize, uh, 70s cinema is very important. You have to realize, <laughs> uh, maybe you realize Hal Ashby, uh, last detail. I don't know if you've, uh, realized the importance of a movie like Harold Mott. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of, uh, what Altman was really doing when he was, uh, using his, uh, audio techniques. Uh, he, uh, used, uh, Hollywood Split as a dry run for Nashville, actually, with that, uh, uh, mixing of, uh, of audio, uh, mi- miking, uh, things from, uh, multiple sources and then fading in and out. It really, uh, and he lets, it gives the actors a pretty wide, uh, berth. He really lets them, uh, play. It's a lot of fun to see the way Altman lets the actors play. He, uh, gives them a very wide berth, but, uh, he says straight up, if he's not on board with what they're doing, it's, uh, not gonna be in the movie. And if they, uh, go against that, then he get, he's not happy with it because he does cut them a very wide berth and lets them really play. I find it interesting that sometimes the better a movie is, the worse people's conversations are about it. Do yeah. you ever encounter this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't think I, like, I, I don't know what that's like with these movies? Look, this AP Mike, the first thing that we bonded over, and I say bonded very loosely, bonded the way, you know, we bonded over it the way you do when you realize you accidentally put your hand in some crazy glue that someone left open <laughs> on the table. That's how we bonded. On accident. Yeah. That, uh, he, he was like, cause you know this Werner Herzog? Yeah. There's this movie Strozek. Have you ever seen that movie? I have. Mike is like, and this is 10, 11 years ago at this point. Mike's like, and I, look, he was screening calls at the show. I'll say this. I barely talked to the guy at that point. I did everything I could. I had a, there was two exits to the <laughs> studio. I think there were weeks he didn't even know I left already until a half hour afterwards. I was already home, and he's probably still sitting in there waiting for me. I just went out the other door. <laughs> then then finally, I'm like, I got to throw this guy a bone and talk to him. <laughs> so I was like, so what do you like, uh, Mike? Movies or music? He's like, then he starts to, he goes, yeah, like the movie, uh, Strozik. It's very funny. I think you'll like it too. <laughs> and then he gave me his, his Netflix copy, because at that point Netflix sent movies to your houses. They still do it, but they, at that point it was the only way you could participate in the Netflix experience. So Mike gives me this DVD of this movie, Strozik. Very funny. And I'm expecting what now? Very funny? What, I'm going to get National Lampoon's, uh, uh <laughs> class reunion or whatever? Movies they did. We get Austin Powers. I'm like thinking of funny movies I like. 
right? And I watch this thing. It's the most bleak thing I've ever seen in my life. And now I'm like, I'm scared of this guy. I don't know. I can't throw this guy out. 12 years later, he's still here. You were expecting more of like a traditional <laughs> laughing funny as opposed to the uh, humor of man's futility I, funny. I haven't figured out a way to throw this guy out yet over this one movie. Turn around. I've been together with this guy forever. 12 years he's been here screening calls. Yeah. And I'm just looking for a way out. I brought him with the new show. I thought that was a way out, but then he's just like... Hey, when's the stuff start up for the new show? Well, I guess you're coming along too now. <laughs> it's like a stray dog that you feed on vacation. <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to stay at WFMU. That's why I ended the show. I figured I'd get rid of Mike with the Strozek thing, and then, and then I'm like, oh, I'll do the new show. Yeah, Mike. I don't know what the situation's going to be. Yeah, it might just be me. I don't know if I'm going to need any any uh thing. I think I can come by. Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> you have to admit, though, Mike is the best at what he does. No, Mike, look. Mike is the best. He's peerless. Mike is peerless, and Mike is great, and Mike knows. Mike knows, and look, I, I, God, God help me, he already got one of his, uh, his cronies to call in. His henchman said, uh, com was the, was what he was going to put in the dedication to the graphic novel he did. So that was, was apmike.bandcamp.com? Yeah, yeah, it was, Carolyn. That's right. Thank you. Well, look, Carolyn, you write me. I want to see this movie you made. Thank you. All right. You have a great night. Thanks for calling. You too. All right. Yeah, you know, we try. Right, Mike? We try. We try. We try to just have fun here. And look. Have I been having the best time the last few months? No, I haven't. But you know what? What am I going to do? Am I going to fold? Maybe. Maybe they say when you're done before you say when you're done. Maybe they say it's over before you say it's over. Maybe they say goodbye before you say goodbye. I've seen it happen to other people. Maybe it was my turn. Time for me to say goodbye. Things not working out. Things not going my way. And you know, that's how it goes. But you know, I figured I'd roll with it. Been knocked down for the last few months. But then you know what I said to myself? I said to myself, they don't say bleep to me. You know why? Because I'm me. Show's the best, baby. You know it. I know it. They, 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 these, they, 
They never made anyone laugh. They couldn't make a kid laugh if you gave him a rattle and a, a, a key, keys to shake in front of a kid. They spot him that. They still couldn't make a child laugh. This show's funny. I'm funny. You take it all away from me, the one thing you can't take away from me and John and the best show and all of us, you can't take away we're funny at four in the morning. That's not what we're questioning. We could question anything. I could question anything at four in the morning. I don't question whether I'm funny or not. This show is funny. This is it. And you know what? I don't have any respect for you people, the ones that that took the things away from me. I got zero respect for you, so why am I going to give you uh, one inch of control over my life? F off! F off! You heard me, F off! That's what I say to you. I'm back, and I'm not giving you anything. It's me, I'm here, you. If you are against me, go die. The best show forever. Suck it. F off. I'm back. Drop dead. Best show. Top Sharpling. Rolling Stone Top 50. Sharpling and Worcester. We'll be back next week. Patreon.com slash the best show.